Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Uh, what is up, weirdos? This this is a this is a big one. This is the Mark Marin. You made it weird, and uh, I'm I'm very excited that it exists and that we can put it out there. And it happened already because when uh, Mark wanted to do the show, I, I was uh, surprised and also very happy, and then immediately terrified. I was like, oh, what what is this? Is this just going to be uh, an argument? Is he going to I don't know attack me? This is how my imagination works. I'm like he he probably wants to come on my show and just attack me. But it, it was it was a delight. I'm so happy and relieved to tell you that it went so well and that it was, it's funny and it's engaging and this, this is how it is for me and this is how I hope it is for you because I'm a huge fan. This show, of course, is a homage, which is just another way of saying a ripoff of WTF because that's how much that show means to me. Mark, thank you for making that show. It's literally, it changed my life. The Maria Bamford, Mike DiStefano, the Louis, the Conan, the Patrice. These episodes had little nuggets in them that changed my life and and then uh, inspired me to make this show. So thank you uh, from all of us comedy people, all us comedy nerds, and all of us weirdos uh, for having your show and for doing this show. And uh, guys, let's just, let's get into it. Uh, one thing we're going to play, we're going to play some stand-up from my album, Impregnated with Wonder, available on iTunes and Amazon and all that stuff, uh, and PeteHolmes.com. We're going to play this track because Mark and I discuss the silliness of comedy, how he seems to be so uncomfortable with my comfort level with doing silly bits. So I thought I would play the perfect example of me doing a bit that is re- it's ridiculous. The point is that it's ridiculous. So I, I thought would would play that just to give you a little context as to what he's talking about uh, before he gives me the direct specific attention of being ribbed by someone I respect. One of my favorite things. So all the all the, all the jokes back and forth, a true delight every time you made fun of me. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. I've talked enough. Here's some stand up. Comedy's the best. I am so glad I'm not a magician. <laughs> Have you taken a moment today to be glad you're not a magician? <laughs> Oh, man, I am so glad I am not a magician. I can come out here and be like, there's a guy in the back who just threw up on himself. Just say whatever I'm thinking. But the serious magicians, they have to lie to you from the moment they come out. They have to be, like, projecting that they are mysterious and powerful. So from the beginning, it's just this lie, like, ooh. I was born on the tip of a pyramid. My mother was an owl. That's horrible. And it's hard. Comedy audiences, you guys are here to have a good time. Magic audiences are the worst. It's the only kind of entertainment where 90% of the audience is trying to ruin it for themselves. (laughs) Trying to ruin it, figure it out. Look at the sea of dudes at a magic show just like, no, no, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. No way. No way. You ain't sawing her. Where were those birds? Mirror. Closed-minded small men that can't enjoy it. No, not magic. You're not magic. Yeah, you did it. The 20-year-old on stage is not actually a wizard. You proved the point that no one else was trying to prove. It's always dudes. just like dudes. uh, Girls are like, there is something more, which is good. That's how you should be. Enjoy it. 
That's how I am in a magic show. I'm there to play. Look at my happy face. You can see me in the front row. You're damn right I'm in the front row. Volunteering. Getting into it. But people try and ruin it for me. I was at a show recently where I saw a man fly. He took flight. I didn't misspeak. He flew. And to prove that it wasn't a wire, he flew through hoops and in a box. It was amazing. And this guy, I'm not with this guy. Who's this guy? He leans over to me and goes, It's a magnet. <laughs> Just like... It's a magnet. Ah, well, I don't understand magnets, and I don't understand this. They're probably in bed together. This one time I had those two gray squares, and they wouldn't touch. Then I flipped one, and they did. That's probably what makes him fly. Magnets are not magical. My refrigerator has never once disappeared. That man is awesome. He flew. I have no idea. I don't want to know. It's frustrating, though, with comedy, it's the best because there's a built-in biological response, which is laughter. makes it very rewarding for a comedian. But even for me, a good sport when I watch comedy, there's no noise. There's no noise to make when you're watching uh, magic. You can see the most magic thing in the world. Somebody can be like, remember that card that you signed and then we put in the envelope, then we lit it on fire and you watched it burn while I was in that tank of water? It's been in my pocket the whole time. <laughs> right? And then you're just left there and the focus is on you now and you're just like... Oh! Yeah! Yeah! That must be so frustrating for magicians. I bet their one dream in this world is that there would be some sort of involuntary response that they could just be like, and the tiger, it's over here now. And people would just be like, You have to do that. Like, no! Oh, man! And there's some people that don't quite get the trick, but they're faking it. They're like, oh, yeah. Ah! Oh, yeah, I was paying attention. Ah! Ah, where are those silks coming from? Ah! That is their dream. Some of your faces when I was doing that joke are why I do comedy. <laughs> I'm going to put it at 89, 93%, really into it. Whatever the remainder is, I'm not here to do math. We're like, just confused and like, kind of concerned for me. Like, easy. Easy. Slow down, son. All right. Uh, if you want to, perchance, see me, maybe, tell that joke live, here's some tour dates. Uh, Chicago, January 27th through 29th at the Up Comedy Club. Seattle, February 1st at the Laugh Hole. San Francisco, February 3rd and 4th for Sketchfest. We're also doing a uh, live WTF at Cobbs on the 3rd. Austin, February 15th through 19th at the Cap City Comedy Club. 
Madison, March 1 through 3 at the Comedy Club on State. Uh, these are also on PeteHolmes.com. And one quick plug for my friends over at Riot L.A. They are trying to make the first comedy festival in L.A. And uh, Marin and I talk about that in this interview, uh, the video that we made. You can watch the video at RiotLA.com and uh, pledge some, some money over there to see if you want to make that happen. It's just going to be a great show. Pat Oswalt, Mark Marin, Kyle Kinane, Chelsea, Bob Odenkirk. This is going to be a great festival. I'd really like to see it happen. So if you want to support comedy, go to RiotLA.com. They only have two weeks left to meet uh, their goal, and I think we can do it. Guys, we can do it. All right, podcast, get into it. Mark Marin. Ah! Dude, I can see you at, at Carrot Top's house with this in some sort of burlap sack. No, I don't. Uh, I have a, a self-contained unit. What does that mean? It's not in a sack. It's like a. No, it's in a sack, but I mean, it's not. Um, <laughs> it does, I don't need one of these. This is just uh, to make one earphone wire for. Oh, I see. Yeah, this is not a difficult piece of machinery. So when you though. record it, like Carrot Top's house, you're not wearing earphones. I do wear earphones, but they don't. Interesting. Um, and they should, but it's it makes it a little weird because I, I, I just have a earphone jack on my machine uh-huh. and I wear them. But like Walkman earphones, not right. big earphones. I could do a thing that would be a smaller version of this piece of equipment that you can't seem to wrap your brain around. <laughs> that would actually actually just have two earphone plugs. Well, Insult you know, number one. No, but I mean, have you seen that where you plug a thing? Yes, yep. And then it's For got, lovers on airplanes. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be the the exact piece of equipment I would use if I wanted to give two people earphones right. when I was doing a road podcast. Roadcast. But you want me to show you how to work this? See, no, this no, okay. no. This is, this is going into a territory that I'm very comfortable in, but also uncomfortable in. Which is what? The machinery? Oh, no. I love being made fun of. That's part of why I enjoy you so very much. Well, I think that you're one of those people that any attention is good. That's what I say. It's direct, specific attention. Sure. I mean, that might be a flaw, but at least I'm aware that that's what I enjoy. I sure do love it. No, of course. And I imagine that it's it's all fun until you're crying. And then... I'm, oh, that's a good Marin quote. That's and, a good place to start. And then, then, it's, then all of a sudden it's like, well, can the person that just gave me all that attention before yep. now take care of me? You closed your CD in such a brilliant way. You said, I'm so glad you like me. I hope you still like me. Like while they're applauding. And I was like, oh, man, that's just really pulling back the curtain. You talk about this. You talked about this with uh, Russell Brand recently. I listened uh-huh. to a big, huge fan of the show. Huge fan of the show. Thank you. And it comes up time and time again that uh, you seem comfortable with your own desire for attention. Would you say that? I, I don't know what I don't know if I've identified it as well as you have. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree I, with you. I'm, I'm not. Uh, that's not a put down. I don't know why it felt kind of roasty. Maybe you just touched a nerve. Like you just, just went in there. You're just very sensitive to me. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know that everybody talks to you like I talk that's to you. That's true. I, some they, people just indulge you for some reason. They, yeah. They, What's going on there? I, I don't know. But I, I just have to assume that most of those people are annoyed and you might want to open up a bigger dialogue <gasps> I, around this stuff. You know, Am I making it weird? I just want to make sure I make it you're weird. You're making Oh, God. Jesus in heaven forever. Yes, you're making it weird perfectly Let me address your uh, question, though. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm as aware of my need for attention. Like, yep. I, I think I might be better if I was. I don't – like, I know that I have to shut up, and I know that, uh, you know, because of what I'm doing now and also in, in terms of the audience that I no longer – 
use people as much as I used to emotionally, and I now know how to listen. Yeah. But I don't. I don't generally think that I because there's a lot of situations where I do not want attention. Me too. Yeah. That's actually we've talked about. That. I was made fun of uh, on, uh, when I talked to Chelsea. I was talking about at a party, for example. I don't want attention at a party. I can't handle that. But then there are specific parameters. Stand up. Uh, a podcast where I do want to be somewhat the center of attention, certainly with stand But let me ask you a question, though. I mean, I don't know if I believe you, because I think that... Um, Are you going to make it weird now? Yeah, I thought... Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I, But no, because, like, do, do you really not want attention when you don't want attention? Because you're kind of... You, I mean, it's, you strike me as the kind of guy that yep. would be like, okay, I'm at this party. I really don't want attention. So I'm just going to sit here by myself, detached... Hoping not, for attention? Well, not hoping, but going to get it, because then it's like, I don't want attention. What's wrong, Pete? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Just don't want attention. I actually, I, I totally understand what you're saying, and uh-huh. I do concur that that is part of my being, absolutely. But for the most part, I'll just leave. I won't do the, I won't do the sulking thing, really? hoping that someone comes yeah, over I, to I, me. See, I misread you. I get you. panicky. I, Listen to me. I thought you when were I, a sulker. I really... No, I, no, no. I had you pegged don't for you sulker. Get, don't bring Katie into this. I'm She'll not, agree with you. Just, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Don't do laugh. it. I just... I uh, don't want that sort of attention. I will leave. I will retreat. But will you uh, leave crying? I will leave crying. That's the Marin quote that I wanted to address up top. <laughs> what are you You're one of those about? people I that uh, I have another quote. Yeah, the yeah. Quote? My, f- I didn't even know that's how I close my CD. No, that is how you close your CD. Your CD is great, by the way. Thank it's, you. It's called uh, "This Has to Be Funny," and, yeah. it, and it's wonderful. It's very, very wonderful and very, very candid. First of all, that's one of the weird things is you talk about your relationships very candidly. Gets you in trouble sometimes. That's what I was going to ask. A mm. lot of comedians listen to the show. A lot of comedians listen to the show. No one listens to this show that doesn't listen to your show. So let's just have these two shows be one show, and you tell me. I thought about doing that. Really? Yeah, I thought like, why don't we just do one and we both drop it? <laughs> you know, like because just it, be done with it. Because I knew that there would be no real distinction on who's hosting, whatever the fuck is going on here, <laughs> and that I just knew because of our dynamic it would be unclear who's driving this thing. <laughs> That's and, what Mandy said when he saw us at a party when we were having a disagreement. Yeah. He was like, it was like two people fighting for air. <laughs> He's like <laughs> we were so we were so aware of people watching us. See, that's the kind of party that I enjoy because I knew everybody and we could talk. Well, the, well, maybe we can isolate whatever the hell this weird tension is. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a, in another moment, but what, sure. what, what? Oh, you know, a lot of comedians listen to this. And, oh, and, they, and what's what I'm doing more and more. I've been in relationships with girls where we I'm have talking a, about We have a right. treaty, and we go no material about me. Yeah, but you can't do that. I say no too. I, I think moving forward, it's going to be like it's going to have to be. Uh, well, no, I, you can draw. A line yeah, like um there in every relationship i've had depending on where it is in the relationship yep. the line has changed uh you know you can speak in a general way but it's not as easy now because now everybody knows who you're with because everybody knows what you're doing yeah. you have a podcast you're on twitter they know yeah. and what your album? girlfriend name what her name is i know your neighbor's name or sure. i did at one point did you the Which shit one? the rotorooter thing oh, oh what's oh, his oh. name alan or something ernie? ernie ernie's not my neighbor but he was at my yeah, house but today. in that in that you reference your neighbor because he goes oh, adam adam yes i was close is he on the record you say my neighbor adam oh, you also maybe. say the neighborhood you live in no wonder you're dating one of your stalkers you made it very easy which one real easy i, I thought did. that's your current girlfriend was a was the vagina picture yeah it is but like see now i've had to reframe that because i end up going back to her and we are together and we're getting along well yeah i have regrets about how i presented all that so i oh. mean i was the boy that cried wolf in that thing i mean that thing got out of control you know i called her a stalker i did that bit on conan when we were broken up so now we're back together and she's like you know you, you've and anytime it comes up she's like could you just not tell them could you tell them i'm not a stalker yeah and i have to comply because i'm now i'm with that person you don't 
that's the problem with doing material is that well it's on my CD <laughs> and it's also on Conan yeah. so so then people like wonder about her like how how does she you know, right how, you seem to have disrespected her how she much might do feel you feel dis- about that well she feels okay about it because now I, I cover my tracks that's does the other problem it's like it? here's the new joke about me being the idiot right and 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 saying things that I shouldn't have but but look I believe honestly that um that my doing something on stage uh, broke up my second marriage you oh know, really was was the the straw that broke the camel's back really yeah. Uh, wasn't it the clown? I remember. I saw your. I saw Scorching the Earth. That was Holy wonderful. Shit. Yeah, remember? Yeah, I saw it in Montreal, and I'm also divorced. Oh, that's and I, right. And I, I thought maybe it would help me get in touch. This is the Marin quote that I kept trying to uh-huh. bring out. You're going to love this. It's on topic. It's about relationships. Yeah. It's about uh, divorce. It's about all that sort of stuff. Is I said to you, I haven't cried in years, hmm. like a decade or something. And I was like, I didn't even cry when my wife left me. Yeah. And you said, Pete, you're crying all the time. <laughs> Here's another fucking thing you said to me here, yeah, right? Okay. I'm I'm Johnny 32 and I'm friendly face and I What everything. does that mean? Johnny I'm 32 years old and I'm just like a ha- happy golden retriever, retarded golden retriever. Oh, Johnny 32. This is Johnny 32. Is it, I thought that was some sort of weird old uh, boxcar hobo phrase. No, I've never heard that. But I was supposed to know, you know, Johnny like, 32 cooks a mean boot soup. Right, right, yeah. exactly. No, it's, it's a depression just, era you know, slang that I would need to be. No, no, no. It's uh, Nobos, Drifters, Johnny 32s. Right. I, I was, uh, I was down. To, uh, so I'm, I'm this golden retriever, like retarded golden retriever and a uh, happy, friendly guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think you bounding look at about. me. Yeah. I think you look at me as like bounding about. Nothing can go wrong. Everything's fine. Everything works out. Everything comes up. Pete Holmes. No, you know no, I, mean? I don't know. You think that's how I look at you? Maybe. Go ahead. Because. You, you can keep projecting. What yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think I'm good looking and you just think like, okay, I'm sorry. Right, well, was, no, I mean, then it got bit. a little weird. That was but a comedy bit. No, no. Good. So I were in fucking this theater in yeah. Meltdown in the green room. Right, I know. Right, and the, we actually haven't yeah. gotten to the first weird thing that touches on it. Right. Is that everybody, uh, all us comedians, want you to like us so bad? Why do you say? Why do you speak for everybody? I know they write me letters. <laughs> I'm talking about the people that I know that I can speak okay, for. Okay. We all want you to like us so bad. And so when you're in the green room here at Meltdown, yeah. it's different. Every, some people dance for it. Some people let you come to them, but one thing is for certain: we all want you to be like, "It's okay." You're you're our angry comedy dad, and we really want to please you but so maybe, bad. Don't you realize that I'm walking in thinking the same thing? Sure, like, I want these guys to like me. Yeah, and my, I don't make any assumptions. And my angry uh, real dad probably wanted me to like him real bad too. You know what yeah. I mean? It goes both ways. Just so he could push you away, though. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing this, and tomorrow you're going to text me like, you cunt, or something. That's what's going to no, happen. I'll do that here, and then I'll text, I'm sorry, tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh, that's the. Oh, we're so similar. Sure. You're my dad. Don't See, you realize that? this is that? the problem. I don't, are we similar, or am I your dad? Make, you make up your mind. You're Darth Vader. I'm Skywalker. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. you're badass. Don't feel bad about that. No, I don't feel Anakin. bad about you're that. You're awesome. I don't feel bad about that. People, sorry. People feel pretty good about it. Okay. So we're downstairs, yeah. and I'm looking for your attention. Mm-hmm. As are thirty other comedians, and I was playing. Uh, I don't. I don't know what I said to you, but I said something, and I swear to God, you planned it like a movie. You went. You, the door was about to close. You must have thought about this. You must have been like, "I'm going to time it so the door closes right after to so, punctuate." It. Believe it or not, when I mean, it comes naturally. I believe that. Uh, then the universe was on your side to punctuate the statement. You go. Whatever. One thing's for sure: your humbling is going to be great. And then the door closed. And I was left in that room with all those comedians going, fucking the angry dad of comedy just told me I'm about to eat shit. I'm about to eat no, a boot full I, of I, shit. I think you misinterpreted that. Oh, that's that's. I, I didn't, there was no time frame on that. 
There was no about to. Right. There, there, I left that very open to the full arc of the yeah. humbling. I mean, that could be a 10-year humbling. I don't know how long it's going to take. But I remember being like, why are you cursing me? You should have thrown like blown rooster feathers at me or cat hair and just been like, shaman out. I felt like I felt a palpable curse. I was like, oh. And this is what's interesting. Uh, what would you say to 32-year-old you? You know what I mean? They rerun uh, your special and you're 32 and you're talking about the internet and how that's for nerds and all that. So it's very – it actually holds up. I was up. wrong. It doesn't hold up. Not that part. The fad it, of the internet? It was still like, funny. Like, yeah. And you were going for it. And here I am, 32. And uh, you know we have – I think we have a lot in common. Was oh, I 32 when I did that? Do you know I that? Believe, I believe that's true. Really? I, don't, I didn't do the research. 95? You did do the research. Mm. You did. You clearly did. And I just called you on it. Yeah, you did the research. <laughs> Yeah, I was 32. Okay, uh, yeah. Can we play the You Made It Weird theme song right here? <laughs> Pete oh, did the research. Play. He did the math to figure out what his trajectory mm-hmm. was compared to mm-hmm. mine. Well, that's what's interesting, Mark. <laughs> it's here I am. You clearly have you have a reaction to me. You have one to me. Yeah. Something is happening. I said to you once, God help me, I remember everything we've ever said. I said, Mark, you're in me. Surely I'm in you. What yeah. about the part of me that's in you? And you said, I took him into the back and shot him. Yeah. <laughs> I really had a, an impact. You really remember some really good Marin yeah. moments because I've 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 uh, shot pretty hard and pretty deep at you. Yeah, man. I and it's and it's direct specific attention, and I respect and admire you. So when you say things like that, I'm like, what is it? What am I fucking up at? What do you wish you knew when you were 32? And what do you want? You're honestly like, if this Nuts. is going to be about you, which I you really are doing a version of my show, Absolutely. which I appreciate. I um. <laughs> I, I'll take it as a homage, as a That's respect a, yeah. uh, that you just were scrambling for a title because you knew that <laughs> what the heck be, it we couldn't call, be Mark Marin with Pete Holmes. We call it what the heck. I, uh, we call it what the fudge. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's probably some sort of strange envy at your ability, at your shamelessness, that, that there's something about the amount of sensitivity that you exude, that you walk around like a, a fairly open wound and like a needy animal and and that and that you don't you aren't hurt by it somehow that somehow or another whatever you came from or whatever you know rejection you've been through enabled you to you know be fairly free to uh to be as as gay as you are and not be gay number one old school gay yeah you mean boisterous and happy well no i mean just sort of like you, you know sort of okay in your skin somehow and and also not to me like like the, you bring out the bully in me because there, there's something about your your naivete combined with your confidence that is horrendously irritating, and 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 it, to me, yes, I'm not no. saying to anybody. No, no, no. I I agree. I, but I think that when I say that I shot that part of me was really because I could not you know handle being that in that having myself. Out that there. forward, like I, I at some point became defensive. That it, that uh, that I was too sensitive to handle it. Well, that actually, that's one of the things I'd love to talk to you about. Is the putting ourselves out there is something that you and I are both doing. Me in a very in a, a clear one for one copy of your show in stand up, all this sort of stuff. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night like, what the fuck am I doing? Everyone knows everything. Well, I went through that at a different time. Like I, because I don't think I really do. I, I really think that your presentation as a stand up is is fairly uh, open. It's inviting, and you know you're 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 very comfortable with being goofy. Yep. It, it, to a point where, like again, you know, if it was just a little not funny, it would be horrendously irritating. But somehow or another. It's it's become funny, and I, you know, and I told you that, that yes. despite whatever problems I have with you, yeah, 
that that I, I think you're very funny and you've you've gotten very funny. I bring up your name when people say who are the new. I funny know. I guy. really appreciate that. I really. But uh, but uh, to 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 sort of like the way I put myself out there was always very raw. Like you know, to, to like I would be if you were uncomfortable with what you were saying about yourself yep. and mad at yourself for it, and that became what you said. That would be what I did. <laughs> so it's more you're talking more about uh, an explanation of how you feel than not an explanation, but I was an angry person, right? So whether you're angry or not, I don't fucking know. But but for me, you know, I would say all this stuff, and it was it. You seem to you know structure jokes pretty well, and and you know you you're really hungry in a, in a sort of hammy way to just can you know continue getting laughs no matter how cheap they get and 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 but that's a that's a, a good skill right and to to be in, in, it was I'm being a dick no but no it, I actually don't think you're being a dick. I think there's a, a goofiness and a silliness and there and, and right but like once you lock into a silly thing you're just gonna keep doing it yeah you're gonna keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah yeah and and like I never um <laughs> like to me when when that happened to me like where I, where I can just keep getting easy laughs on some level because I'm being goofy yeah like I feel like I'm raping myself so like I was fundamentally when, un- are you thinking of a specific bit that you've seen me do what do you no, think about I, this? you admit to it in your bits that sure. you, you, you you literally say like I just want to see how many times I can do this mm-hmm. like I, I love your, that I watched your Conan the other night right and um but I've always been envious of people that were 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 shamelessly goofy because I am t- like I am too afraid to be embarrassed, and I, I think you've heard me say that before. That thing that Harry Shearer said, um, which I've quoted everywhere I can, really. Like I did an interview with him years ago for another for not for my podcast but for something else. He goes, I think comedians are comedians because they the reason they're comedians is to try to control why people laugh at them. Yes, perfect. And you know it is perfect. It but, is perfect. But I think that I always chose to be that raw nerve and then sort of, you know, kind of bumble, you know, kind of like the the funny that I used to get, I didn't have control over. Like I would just keep ranting and raving right. until like either people were laughing because they were uncomfortable or because, you know, I was a, you know, showing them something they hadn't seen. Right. But I would walk away from Luna or any of the early alternative comedy things well, after I'd said something, and usually it would happen if you bring other people into it, yeah. whether it's a girlfriend or a wife or right. or something, or you reveal something. Like if you start talking about you know weird sexual exploits or other, that kind of stuff, there's that moment where I would walk home going like, why the fuck did I do that? It didn't even go that well. Right. And, they, you know, and I put that out there. <laughs> yeah, you sacrifice that truth, yeah. that secret for right. not that much yield. Right. But I still think I have a few secrets. You know, I still think that, you know, there, that, that now as things change with uh, how I – how I'm conducting myself, and now I'm a little a little more comfortable with myself. That um, you know, I'm not as crazy as I used to be, and I'm not as frightened as I used to be. I think a lot of this is fear related shit. What what is being well? How you behave on stage, and you know how you you know you you got to move through a certain amount of fear. Right. So you know, I think for the first good part of any comic's career, they're pretending not to be afraid. And oh, it's, yeah. yeah, and at some point, <laughs> you know, who the it. hell knows? Right? Who, when it's going to be genuine? When are you really not going to be afraid to to take the stage? Right? I mean, being afraid, you know, nervous or whatever, that's different. But actually being paralyzed with fear right. to be up there, I was right, and I was for a long time. But this desire to be known and to put like so much out there—I don't know how to do it any other way. That, I yeah, mean, that's I, what's interesting. I'm—I think I'm manufacturing it. Talk about fake it till you make it. I was doing this, and I was like, let's just see if I let's pretend I'm comfortable sharing with tens of thousands of people the, the fact that I've only blah blah or whatever. Like I talked about losing my virginity, how many people I've had sex with, all this different stuff, very personal. You've stuff. done that, that that math too. It's only five. Wow. Yeah. 
five. People. See, that's another thing I must envy is that you are seriously, um, you know, uh, innocent on some level. I think that <clears throat> that you know whatever I might perceive as annoying might just be you know genuine exuberance at, uh, at a colossal lack of experience. Yeah. Well, that's that's the golden retreat. That's a retarded golden retreat. I really am just kind of going around pretty happy. Just you, sniffing you stuff, wondering so what's going on. You, life hasn't really fucked you. Yeah, yeah. Other than your childhood and the Christian thing. Well, yeah, a little bit. Enough enough to make me creative. That's that's what I'm saying. But then I look at you and, and you go like, your humbling will be great. And I'm like, what's Mark talking about? Lollipops. Do, do Lollipops. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I think that you know that was uh, you know a mean, bullying snipe. Sure. Um, okay. That... You but did just, know it would delight me, though. You probably heard my cackling well, no, laugh you, as you well, closed the door. You have the, the sickness that I have, which is like you, like if somebody gets you, if somebody yes. hits, if, if someone a, is able, like Patrice used to be able to do that to me, yeah. that if someone could sort of hone in and you've got that, they've got your wiring yes. somehow, yes. and they can hit your button, yeah. you know, there, there's a joy in that pain. Yeah, I, I tell you, the like I didn't know Patrice very well at all, and your podcast was such a gift to be able to listen to. When I saw Patrice one time, I was trying to get uh, Big J to go to this party at the electric black pussycat or whatever mm-hmm. by the cellar. And I was like, come on, Jay, let's go, let's go. And Patrice just looked at me and like, I swear he, he saw through me and went, get out of here, you codependent motherfucker. Yeah, and yeah. that was the first time I was like, codependent, what does that mean? And looked into it because Patrice, yeah. fucking one time. Yeah. We share that in, in common too. But I, no, but, bit- I, but in my background, like there, I really appreciate the relationships with people that I love being – I like ha- having my ass handed to me comedically. I like – because, like, it, it, there's nothing more indicative of someone understanding you. Because a lot of us, especially me, I'm like, no one really knows me. Like, you know, people judge me, blah, blah, blah. But then I have these friends, you know, like – like or, or, or are there other comics? Like Attell, you know, Patrice, uh, Geraldo can do it. Uh, that, you know, that, that guys that – well, he's passed. But, I mean, there are guys that could just, you know – you know, just hit me right where it hurts right. with a joke, and I love it because that means like, well, they they know I'm, me, they know me, they know me. I'm not that weird. I'm yes. not that mysterious. Well, isn't that what the whole podcast is? Is like a, a lot of this is me putting this stuff out there to let a council look at it, like a group of strangers look at it and just be like, is it is this that strange? I've uh, I grew up Christian. Uh, I've only slept with five people. Uh, this, that, or the other. I'm codependent. I'm anxious. I'm like uh, whatever, whatever you want to say, and then you put it out there, and then you kind of feel a little bit more a uh, citizen of the earth. No, more, I, okay, that. sure. No, I, I think that um, that having genuine conversations is is helpful in no, in what con- no matter what context, whether you're, you're doing a podcast or or you take the time to to sit down with a friend and actually just talk for an hour. Because uh, I think about that with my show, and I've talked about it before in some interviews that because I was a comic, I had a lot of a lot of time on my hands. I don't anymore, and I was recently experimenting with this not a joke, but this observation that. The dread when you when you feel anxious and full of dread because you have nothing going on in your life, it's actually better and more comforting than the dread and anxiety that comes when you have a lot of things going on. Yeah, because when you don't have anything going on, you don't have anything to lose. So there's right. sort of a consistency to your like, you know, how the fuck am I gonna? When is it gonna happen? Right. Why don't I have? But when it becomes like, how the fuck am I gonna get that done? When you know, why do I have to do that too? Is it ever gonna stop? There's a lot more at risk there. Yeah, but um, that's a real problem. 
right? As opposed to nothing. Well, having nothing to do is is a real problem, yeah, especially yeah. if you want to have something to do. Right. But uh, but when I was younger, I mean, I spent my life even when I was in high school, where you know, I I don't, you know, I was never a disciplined person. I never did a lot of homework. Um, you know, I didn't understand how people compartmentalize their life. You know, I didn't have parents that guided me through school, so I was always sort of in this search for a, a sense of self. So I, from being a very young man, I mean, I would just wander around and find a few, uh, find an area. Like, and I did this, I did it in high school with the university area where I'd go and I'd, I'd hang out at the guitar place for a while. <laughs> then I'd go talk to the dude that I knew worked at a restaurant. Then I knew the guy over at the bookstore. And I would spend my, my days just making these rounds and hanging out at, with people that I thought were impressive somehow and, and just sit there and talk for an hour. Mm-hmm. And even when I was in New York doing comedy in my 20s, like I'd go to the guitar store, I'd go to the bookstore, I'd just ha- go to the restaurant where I knew the guy, where I spent a lot of my life in conversation with people, sometimes strangers, just because that you know it was nourishing and right. it, it was engaging and the connection was great and I learned about other people's lives. Right. But I think as things became more high tech and, and, and there was always comics too. Like uh, me and Todd Berry spent more hours of our lives wandering around the Lower East Side doing nothing <laughs> but wondering why the hell we couldn't work at a certain club or be at a certain place. But you know, we did that. You could, I could generally, I used to be known by certain friends where I would call people and say like, I got some errands to run. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And I would like actually ask people to run errands with me. Who the fuck would do that? But it's just, I just wanted company. I wanted to talk to people. I do that. I love that. Yeah. It's the yeah, best I love thing. that too. Well, I think that that's more. Actually, uh, this is the the other extension is is I think you'll understand this is the times that I've had someone open for me at a college or something, and my uh, agent will be like, "Oh, we also booked uh, Bobby Blue Shoes, and he's going to open for you." I love and, that guy. And, and, <laughs> I immediately would look forward to the ride with Bobby Blue Shoes just because I was like, "We're probably pretty similar," you know yeah. what I mean? That that felt like yeah. you wandering around the bookstore. Does that happen? Like, it does happen. It's never happened where I was like, "Well, we've struck out. We've got nothing." Well, when I used to open for dudes, I yeah, I, I never. Never felt like it was always uh, like a like going to another planet with some dudes that I opened. Oh, for you mean in the, the car day. with them? Yeah, yeah. The sure. awkwardness. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That's friendly face, old PD thirty two. Yeah. What did I say earlier? Johnny, I think Johnny thirty two. Well, okay, you're so Johnny thirty two now. Johnny thirty. Oh, that's right. That's Johnny thirty two. That's what it'll be. The first thing that well, I, I'm interested in you being similar to me in the sense that you wanted to do this show. Which I find very interesting. Do you remember you emailed me and you were like, you've never asked me to do your show. That's weird. Mm. And I was like, I wrote you back sincerely and I was like, Mark, I thought if I asked you to do it, you would say, go fuck yourself. Because the first one of the I would never say that. Yeah. Well, one of the first weird things was when I started doing the show, people were kind of like, I wonder what Marin will think. And then that night, the first day it debuted, I did a show with you and you said, do you want me to plug your podcast? Mm. Which I was like, I never would have. Said yeah. that, well, yes, please. That was before I knew it was my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> By virtue of being me, it's a different show, Mark. I know that. I know you know that. And I'm uh, glad that you had to wrestle with that at some point. Of course I did. Really? Yeah, I th- overthink everything. And that's why I relate to your album when you're talking about, like, I have a situation in my mind. Yeah. When you tell, when you say. I that, say in my head. Is, do you say in your mind in I your just, act? I just punched it. Oh, okay. oh, you son of. That was very funny. That was very funny. That was laser accuracy. <laughs> That was fucking. This sharp. is a lot like Marin's, but I think if I had a different yes. word, yeah, and it's coming from my face, then it's totally different. Mm. But you, uh, you wanted to do it, and you seemed uh, not well. Let me just say, you seemed a little hurt that I didn't ask you, and then I was like, oh my god, Marin's just me, because I'm always, I'm always very openly bugging you to do your show. You know, well, yeah, that's different. You know, I'm busy. 
But I, uh, no, I, you I are a sharpshooter. <laughs> I'm running through. This is what we are. This is what you are. Do you want to know what you are? You're, co- you're angry comedy dad and you're on your porch and your house looks pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I can see some sort of like old yeah. stove in there and yeah. there are cats and everything. Right. You're on the porch with a shotgun yeah. and all the comedians that I hang out with mm-hmm. were, were like scared deer and we're trying to get in your house and every once in a while you just shoot a warning <laughs> shot in the air and we scatter. That's not true. I mean, I, I've actually had a lot of your peers on the show. I know um, you have. Um, and, you know, you're going to do the live one in San Francisco, and that'll be fun. I, I did a live one already, remember? Yeah. And you're doing another one. So I, that, that's so unique. You're going to be in a small crew of people that yep. have done two live ones. And we'll get you over there. Uh, in, in terms of doing this podcast, well, I knew you did one-on-one interviews, and I saw that you were interviewing people. But I don't, I don't understand why people don't ask me on their podcasts. I mean, some people Fear. do. Yeah. Well, what's the first thing you said when you when you walked into the green room and I was drinking coffee? Are you nervous? Yeah. And what did I say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Th- I don't get nervous when I have Kumail on. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's almost like I didn't want to have you on because I knew, as I have, I've mm. been dwelling on it mm. in my mind. Like normally, I have a page of notes here. I haven't really referenced them, but I'm just saying with Kumail, it's just like so. You grew up in uh, Karachi. You know what I mean? Like it's more. He's natural. got all those great stories because he's from Pakistan. Yeah, he is from Pakistan. It's like it's a shame he doesn't use that more in his act. You know what? That's actually something I was going to say. Going back to you doing material about your wife, your second wife, and yeah. having that end and all that sort of stuff. I the difference between you and me. I got divorced, and I would have never done it on stage. Kumail's from Pakistan. He would never do. He doesn't do material. That's because he's like he threatened his family. Well, that's true too. Yeah, I mean, people they, people threaten me. No, really? I'm kidding. I'm joking. Family? I'm totally joking. If you yeah, dare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, look, the, the bottom line is is that to get back to that point, um, it, it caused me trouble. I don't know if I'll ever really be able to make a functional amends with that woman. Yep. Uh, she, you know, to this day is, is, is uh, you know, out, outside of anything that happened in the divorce, the fact that I made it public, uh, you know, is structure. Well, yeah, but but I thought that was fairly sympathetic, and I didn't make I her the villain. I loved it, man. You know what I think of when I think of that show is I think of the part where you force yourself to say what you would say to her. Oh, that's well, that would that that was sort of like this. You get that, on your knees and yeah. you say it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm just in Marin's bathroom right now. You know what I mean? Like it's a private moment. Well, what, it was ma- it was massive. But but I think that the difference in the similarity between <clears throat> us is that you know we'll sh- go ahead and shoot our mouths off because we need to talk. We think we need to talk this shit through, and you know we'll blather on. You know yeah, I'll do it in a, in an angry sort of yes. cutting way, and you'll do it in a goofy way. Yeah. But there's 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 something to be said with not saying anything yep. about not saying anything. Like maybe I should just keep my fucking mouth shut. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be an option for either. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I, that's actually if there. What were, is that about? If there were an overarching wanting to talk about things, no, but 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 not it's it, because it's selfish, and a lot of times it's inconsiderate because the the, the some things you need to process, yeah, and and something it is selfish, yeah, and people something... people uh, for example, I just started making painting, right? I was painting at home, and then I was like, you mean like a wall or like or... no, I'd buy like a canvas and I'd do a little painting on it, right? Really? Just, yeah, just for fun, just uh-huh. for funsies. What are you, Dimitri Martin? Yeah, I'm like Dimitri, mm. but a uh, different haircut. Well, you gotta get yourself a skateboard and a guitar. And I do have a guitar. Yeah. Anyway, so like I'm doing these things, right? And then I'm like, this is really, this really is a dysfunction. Yeah. I'm painting because that I might show it to somebody and that they might be like, that's good, Peter. That's literally what it is. It troubles me to my core that like my the way that I want to recreate is to do things for people to validate them and to talk things out and to work things out whether it's a painting or a song or a joke or whatever I want to put it out there and I always want do to do people that in there. your brain that validate you use your full name generally. Yep. It's always Peter. 
What, yeah, what do go, you think that is? Yeah, that goes back to my childhood, mm. I guess. I don't know. Pete, I, I like that his made-up validating person said, that's very nice, Peter. Yeah, no, that's in my mind, that was Emily. Emily Gordon, Kumail's wife. She's very sweet and uh oh, she calls you Peter? And, well, you know, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she called me Peter. So what you're saying is that no matter what you're, you're thinking at any given time, you know, it, it requires attention. You'll love that, this. I, the first time I finished a painting, the first thought I yeah you, you don't like that I assume you'll love this, but this is no, right you up interrupted your, me. This is right up your alley. Okay. I love interrupting; it's so validating. Uh, okay. So I paint this painting, and the first thought I have: <laughs> this is great, okay. this is great podcast. See, this is this is the other thing. It's like now you're saying it's great. I you know, interrupted me. I know. You're happy you interrupted I me. Know. You're in the middle of this great thing about you. So electric. See, I'm learning a lot about myself. If this is what we have in common, yep. I'm just now I feel what it feels like to be a guest on my show. Interrupting is how I listen. If I'm not interrupting you, it's because I'm not participating. No, it's it really everything. Every conversation you have is a, is about you. And whatever the other person's saying, is they're just adding to the conversation about well, that, you that's about to happen. That's the worst way to look at it. But that is one interpretation of what's happening. Well, do you remember the story you're going to tell? Mm-hmm. I do this painting and I finish the painting. And the first thought I have, ooh, this is a Mark Marin.com. This is uh, really – okay, I finish it, and I go, oh, if my heart explodes right now – neither of us like thinking about our hearts. That's yeah. a big thing. If my heart explodes right now, someone's going to come in. They'll find my dead body, and yeah. then they'll go, oh, Pete can paint. Oh, really? <laughs> See, I, 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 don't, I don't have that. See, you are actually more narcissistic than me. Is that narcissism? Sure. I suppose it is, isn't it? No, I mean, but I mean, can you paint? I, I, I can uh, cartoon – yeah. I don't know if you, I've been in the New Yorker, for example, uh-huh. and uh, that the way I paint is the same way I draw cartoons. So you do New Yorker cartoons? I have done New Yorker cartoons and baby commercials and baby commercials and uh, yeah. a, a comedy CD with a cover. You probably second thought a few times. It's right there. Yeah, you don't like that? No, do you? I do like it. I get a lot of comments that I look like I have a spray tan. No, I mean, it's like I've always wondered about CD covers because I make a lot of bad fashion choices and a lot of choices in my life that seem really good at the moment. That's that's a comedy outfit. I don't own that. No, I get that. I get that. But it's so clear you're like, this is goofy cover. You son of a bitch. You know, like, <laughs> have, you ever looked at, have you ever looked at comedy records and you're like, I wonder if that person's rethinking that choice. <laughs> like a guy like you know, just sitting yes. with a bunch of puppies or in a cage or something. <laughs> I don't think that's that goofy. I think that lets you know pretty accurately what you're in store for. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I really like you. It's just so easy to be mean to you. <laughs> and I clearly love it. Yeah, it's weird. And I, don't, I really like you too, man. I don't want to take stuff. any hits for this. Like, you know, Marin was a dick. Look, they, you know. Be, no, no, nobody thinks you're a dick. Peter thrives on this. I do thrive off of it. This, you're our angry dad. This is something that I've noticed. I'm not even, oh, yeah. You're our angry ahead. dad. All right. And a lot, a lot of artists uh, have angry dad over loving mom. Mm. I know you had. Uh, I had angry dad had and then mom was. Uh, she would enjoy. She, I don't know, over loving. No, I'm worried, but not over loving. She, uh, she, she had did. other. She had other things going on. Uh, siblings. Yeah, little brother. Little brother. He got lost in the mix, but he's yeah, you know, he's uh, he's back on track. The mix of two. Yeah. The mix of two. Where's I was, that? I was a very demanding Where's one. Where's that other one? Oh, very really? Demanding. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So you don't fit the formula perfectly, but I think the reason why a lot of comedians like you is that angry dad thing. But I, I, I had the the distant, the somewhat distant dad who wasn't really listening to me, and then the mom who was listening to everything I said, and then you get a comedian. I think what it is is that for some reason they think I'm judging all the time. Your and parents that, do? No, other comics. And oh. that, you know, if there's anything, they, they want to be judged in a positive way. Yes. Uh, it, it, and and it, it's kind of crazy because I don't, I don't sit around judging and, and, and in, in a way that, 
like I'm an I'm an old comic now. I'm not really old, but I'm definitely not your generation, and I'm probably the generation ahead of you, and right. then there's one ahead of me, and that, it goes like that. If you can actually break it down that way, maybe yep. two ahead of you. I don't know, but um, but I'm very happy when people get funny, and you know I've been around long enough to to see people that when they start out they don't quite click, and they you know they don't find their way for a while. But I'm always impressed when people do, and even if they you, you don't really notice a change that much, they just somehow figure out the audience thing. Yeah. And and I'm always thrilled when that happens for anybody. How to and, package it. Yeah. Or, or just how to be comfortable up there. How, it's not I don't even know if it's as conscious as packaging because yeah. obviously a lot of times I see that happen and people haven't changed their material a whole much, a lot, but somehow or another the audiences have come around. So that means you've owned your your stage somehow. Right, right, right. And a lot of times with a lot of younger comics, I don't get out. I don't go see people. Uh, you, you know, I don't have time. And if I am seeing them, I you know, I see them, uh, you know, in passing. And, and I just don't see a lot of people. A lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I've, I'm not sitting around saying all young comics suck or, or that I have anything against young comics. Some people think I'm hard on them or whatever because, uh, you know, on the show. But I'm, I'm sort of hard on everybody. I'm hard on myself. But I'm thrilled when people get funny. And even if I don't like them as people, if they're funny, I, I can't yes. deny that. I, I, I think that's I think you have a pretty big heart for comics comedy yeah you like comedy and you love the craft and you love the art of it in fact that was the argument we got in which i thought i was misunderstood you thought i was uh condescending the idea of just being a stand-up do right. you remember this sure i and uh, we we got that's where we were fighting for air was i was talking about it, that it's a privilege to live in a time currently yeah that you can have podcasts and that you can have a uh, youtube life that you can have hit things and that that you can uh you know whatever it is be a baby yeah you know what i mean and i was like what a, what an exciting time that we don't ha-. and i think where i maybe stepped on your toes was i was like we don't have to go to the shitty condo every weekend right and then i think you, you no, i think like what that. the implication was is that like that is no longer needs to be part of the process at all Oh, I would never say that. But then you countered that with saying, like, you know, you did a lot of shit gigs around Chicago and right. shitty environments, and, and then I, I realized that you probably did and whatever. In fact, I, I you can probably even relate to this. You, I feel like the do-paying time is you only wish you had more of it. Mm. I start. I started the Boston. I'm still and went, paying my dues. It seems. Yes, exactly. Whenever you do something shitty or horrible, you're kind of like, this is going to be some sort of story that I can look back on and be like, yeah. I, 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 I never think about that. See, you thinking about this thing, dying and the painting genius, and then like, you know, like I'm doing this, it's going to be a good story later. I, I just, I never think So I'm way. out of my head in a way that you're not out of your head. No, you're in your head in a way that, that, that you, you know, you, you're, you're in the present and you're thinking this is going to be a good story. Yeah. I'm in my head in the way of saying like, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening? <laughs> Am I going to be okay? Is this going to be okay? Is this next minute going to be okay uh, you're in your head thinking like in 10 years this is i'm going to get a nobel prize uh, so <laughs> but okay let me run this by you uh, you are confident too like i know you don't like confidence typically confidence rubs you i, I think i don't way. see it in in myself i i, I look I, at you mark I, I was watching that video that we did for riot la we both had a little thing oh yeah, yeah and when you came up i was like Good lord! Like you, first of all, you looked good. No, not to be weird, but that's the name of the show. You looked good, and you looked strong, and you looked confident, and you delivered that line to the camera. And I was like, "Mark's a fucking rock star." Oh man. come on! I'm not trying to just butter your bread. I get a lot of shit. Butter for, your bread. Yeah, I, that's an expression. Uh, for old three. Johnny Thirty Two. Old Johnny Thirty Two says, "Butter your bread, not blow smoke up your ass." Yeah, exactly. Johnny Thirty Two doesn't cuss. <laughs> Johnny 32 don't cuss. You and Peter knows better. Have, <laughs> wow, man, you are cutting right through me. You're cutting right through me 
all day. You've done Conan 43 times? Yeah, but they're not. Confidence. Uh, not all of them are good. Yeah, but that's confidence. Uh, dude, dude the, I mean, yeah, but look. It, that is confidence. You don't see me backstage. I oh, mean, you know, yeah, yeah, but you don't see me backstage. I'm nervous backstage. No, but I mean, it's it's like I don't think that any real confidence. It it doesn't last with me. And like I said, a lot of it is pretending uh, to be confident. Me too. Um, but you know, the thing that's happened to me is that I've gotten old. I've somehow managed to become 48 years old. So there are certain things that if I did worry about them, that I would be you know insane. I mean, there are certain like, but believe me, I haven't done comedy in a week and a half. I've got to go do Tiger Lily tonight, and I don't know what the fuck I'm going to oh. do, and I don't even know if I can do comedy anymore. That happens to me. That, I know when you know. lose that, when you lose that, you won't be funny anymore. That's the delight. That's your engine. That's yeah. what Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld said that to Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling was like, I'm 50 blah, blah years old. He's like, I go to parties. I'm uncomfortable. And Seinfeld said, the second you're comfortable at a party, you won't be funny anymore. Yeah, the only thing I'm comfortable at now kind of is the party of me. Yes. Right, yeah, and, 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 that, and that comes and goes. You, you know what Maybe I mean? that's what we're trying to do. I'm trying to ward off anxiety. As confident and uh, out there, wound, as you said, I am. I'm also trying to ward off anxiety. I, but like now that I talk to you or, or the more I see you, I don't know if it's a wound. You just don't – you know, you're just a goofy guy. You're just a and, – and I don't, I don't know – I don't think that uh, now, now that I talk to you more – I, I don't think that you necessarily are that traumatized. I think you're genuinely, you know, strangely confident, which is horrendous, and and that you don't, you, and you really just you don't mind being goofy. You don't put a lot of thought that, like you know, like I think what it really is, Peter, is that is that when I watched you initially, I felt embarrassed for you. And, and and now I watch you and I'm like, well, he seems to be okay with it. Why shouldn't I? Ah, that's the back of my first novel, The Wound, the novel. That's how I put that blurb on the back. Do you, but you know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, I do. Is that like when I see somebody being embarrassingly, you know, shameless in a goofy way, I'm like, oh, yeah, God. Man. That makes me more uncomfortable than someone saying, you know, I have AIDS and let me tell you the story about how I got it. <laughs> And it's not you, what you're you know, thinking. It's something you're sitting up there going, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is making me a little uncomfortable. I hope that guy uh, you know, pulls out of this somehow. <laughs> I'm a goof. I'm a goofy person. Right. Right. Yeah, and, I, I and, a- and I think I envy that. And it also makes me un- uncomfortable. But I can be goofy. But you, could you see me being that goofy? I, I mean, wouldn't want my, you to be. No, I'm very tempered in my goofiness. But I, you know, I have it. But it's a little more aggravated. Yeah. Well, I'd like to move. To, well, that's what I'm interested. I'm interested in anger. If, you know, I, I talked to uh, Justin Lake about ego, if that was the overarching thing. You have anger. You seem you seem to be in touch with yeah, it. You and Jessel Nick, you know, have uh, you know very you know interesting but unique mutations of insane egoism. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a lot in common for people that come a- across so differently on stage. Yeah, it's just phenomenal that it, how uh, how uh, you know buttressed and healthy your your inflated sense of selves are. Yeah, how healthy our unhealthy egos are. Yeah, but you have to have that. Yes, you indeed. Know, and, and like you know, and Jessel Nick's pretty clear about like, you know his. Yeah, I mean he's dri- do- he's driven by by revenge in a way. <laughs> are you doing the comedy that you would want to see? It seems like you are. It seems like you, like a good artist, are creating. No, the I don't. Art I have no idea. Like, like I don't know what I would. Uh, I don't are you know. a fan of yourself? Sometimes. You ever listen to your own podcast before you put it up? And Never. Like, this is a great show. Never. I don't listen to it before I put it up. I don't listen to it after. It's How fun. do you do the little postmortem? I, I always mean, assume that was after you listened to it. No, no, no. I, I, you know, I generally. The uh, I do the monologues. Yeah, I do the interviews, and uh-huh. I and I, yeah, I try to do them as many as possible when I'm home. Uh-huh. And then I'll do the opening 
uh, whenever, and I'll do. The, oh, really? Yeah. But uh, I, I generally have only I only remember most of my podcasts as the actual conversations I've had. That's funny because I was like, I got to be Marin is clearly he's not phoning it in. I got to listen to these things before I put them out because people will be like, Pete, I love this part, and I'm like, I have no memory of that. That is just something that I no. Said. What I well, I have a partner who does uh, is uh, is produces the show. So what I'll do is I'll do the interview and then I'll send it to him, and then um, you know then I'll do my monologue and I'll send it to him, and like I let him do his job, I do mine. That's it. I trust him, and we've been working together forever. I love Love it, fantastic. And I don't. I'll, I'll only listen to them if he's particularly proud of an episode. Really? Yeah. Okay. So anger. Yeah. I, I've often Go said, "Fuck yourself." I'm yes, tired of this yes, shit. Yes. 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 So like, how, how long can I pretend to like you? you? You know what I mean? It's like, why am I here? It was just preemptive, Pete. You know, I knew at, at some point you would annoy me to yeah. having you in the garage, and I just wanted to deplete as much of your resources as possible. So the idea of having a conversation with me at another point in time would be moot. So this is just a way to get this Pete Holmes issue off the fucking table so I can live my life without having to indulge you for a fucking hour at my own house. Is that real? No. <laughs> It seemed pretty focused for it, it not seemed, to be real. It seems uh, – well, that's, see, that's beautiful. It seems like I have a hard time saying something like even in jest. In your bit where you retell a, a, an argument with your girlfriend yeah. and you're like, get the fuck out of my house, right? Yeah. And she's like, stop talking. I'm like, I'm uncomfortable even with the tone that he's using right there. Really? Like if I were doing that. That's interesting because I was uncomfortable with the third beat of the candy bit when he started eating the necklace. But, you, you know, this is the similarities that we have. That's how I make you uncomfortable no, by no. miming <laughs> eating a candy necklace? No, it's not the miming eating the candy necklace. It's the expression on your face in the middle of bites. Yeah, where you just kind of bend your mouth open and it's like completely it's because I'm thinking about my miscarried child. No, you're not. That's what. That's the joke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you go after the miscarriage, and then are I, you really? Then you're, you're method acting, and then I'm I'm supposed to look very sad while I'm eating a candy oh, necklace. Okay. All right, maybe I should listen better. I couldn't get past the. the you're you're just looking at my the face, pantomime. Being like, Why, yeah, thing. what's behind no, his I'm eyes? I I I thought I thought it was very funny, and it was at that moment recently. That I, I I understand why you're funny. There's a there's this weird. It's the persistence thing. You know, Kevin Meaney used to do it too. That you know that you just like you find that one thing. You know, I think Gaffigan does it a little too. But there's it's a rare it's monotonous. Thing. No, or it's not, not monotonous. monotonous. It's a it's a tenacious. It's a, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of like oh, there's a button. I'm just gonna keep pushing it. Yeah, it goes away. That's yeah. that's the goal. I'd like to write a joke where the setup is as short as possible and the punchline is as long as possible. You set it up and then you can play in that area that is the punchline. It's just like a playroom and you can de- bounce around. No, I think it. it's it's pretty pure. It's pretty it's it's almost a childlike in in the type of attention you get that you know you can just keep doing this one thing yeah. and and mom watch me dive. Going, watch me dive. Watch me dive. Yeah, yeah, watch yeah, me yeah. dive. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. I do for a living. Watch me dive. Yeah. And what do you do? What do I, I mean? Do? What would if I'm if I'm diving? Are you? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. You're banging pots together. Yeah. What are you doing? Shut up! Doesn't matter. I can do anything I want, but right now I'm just here. <laughs> yes. And I demand attention. We'll do something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan enough. You won't dance for it. That's for sure. I notice even on, on your CD, you don't dance for it. And by that, I mean, like, you're not slicking your, your most polished, slinging your most polished, like, here it is. This is top no, to I do, tails. I, do, I, I wish I did. I, I, don't, I never did that. Even on my HBO special, it's a, a regret I have. You know, like, I put out so much stuff, even on that record. Those jokes are better now because I do all my writing on stage and in the moment, and jokes evolve over time. I have jokes that have taken three or four years yeah. to become the whole thing. That candy joke took about 
five years right, to write. Right, right. Yeah. So, like, you know, at any given point in time, because of the way I do comedy, uh, you know, that joke is better now. Yeah. You know, because I you – know, and that, that's another problem – with with you, you know bl- you know kind of mouthing off before you're ready right but you know you have to do your work but it doesn't necessarily have to be on your CD but <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen and there's a lot of what I you know it seems to me that I get a thrill on some level of the immediacy of not really knowing where something's going I did on my fucking HBO special yeah I mean my 95 HBO special the story that a lot of people remember that Jerry Garcia story you know like just hang on man. There, that whole That's in the special? Yeah. Okay. But I didn't even plan to do that. At that time, I was doing an – and this is always the, the reference I use because I don't think it's a good way to work, is that a lot more people and, – and I've had to come around to this – are more diligent about creating bits and, and, and you know building them out yeah. uh, before they, they put them on something. Yeah. And, and on that HBO special, I was used to doing alternative comedy. I had a loose idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, my biggest you know, promise to myself was don't get high the day of the show. And Did you? No. But, but I sweat a lot. And that was flop sweat, you know, because I was freaking out because it, I didn't prepare. I'm doing an HBO half hour, my first major yeah. uh, break. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep it loose. Who the fuck does that? I don't know. But I'm glad you did, kind of. If only for this conversation. Well, it's raw, you know, and 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 but I keep. But doing I that. I see both sides of that. I see one side where I'm like, oh great, you can let them in. I love those moments where they're like, oh, this guy's just talking. You know what I mean? It's happening now. Yes. And then I'm also I have a part of me that resonates with the the agents and the managers that are like, you gotta bang it out. You gotta show them that hour, that sweet sweet hour. You yeah, but I, mean? I don't know. Like I when I get something complete and up and running and it's great, I'm tired of it. Yeah. Like, you know, that most people would say, like, good, I'm going to put that in my act. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that again. Yeah. I, you know, I, I already know it works. Like, the math is already done. I already well, finished that equation. Let me put this at you. Is it because Bono, my good friend, uh, one time said that if he's not in the song, he can't hit the notes? Mm. Okay. So if I do a bit, I used to have a bit about my girlfriend uh, and how she would slow me down and I would miss the train because she's slow and she has mm. little legs and cute boots and hurry up is the bet. Yeah. And then I would do that and then I'd stop feeling it and then I couldn't hit the notes anymore. Well, that's was, weird because a comic like should like, – I mean I agree with you. I feel the same way. But but really one of the great things about being a stand-up and, and certainly you know having jokes – is that on some level, you know, they kind of live on their own. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's one of the, the, some of the greatest comics in the world, you know, have these, you know, great jokes that they can repeat over and over again. And the sad part about it is they might not have to be in them. Yes, you're saying that they can just dictate them. Yeah. I'm more interested in the comedy where I'm like, I have to wrap my, like, gut around the joke to springboard well, yeah, myself and, yeah, into yeah, the and, air. And you need that attention. You know, I that, do. You know, if you're going to get the attention, it might as well be... Uh, you know, real. Yeah, but the adrenaline that's charged up in me is greater than maybe what uh, Dimitri uh, or, or any one line, one great one liner does it. He says that, and it's received well. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm completely capable of killing. I don't know why I don't do it all the time. That's really interesting. Like, you know, I have bits that kill, and then I'm like, well, I got to get all my other bits up to that standard. And is it that and voice it, inside of you that's like, fuck it up? No. No, it's it's more like like uh, well shit that thing's really going well, and then what I automatically do is just say like fuck I got to put this much work in the rest of the act. You, you it know, has to I'm, be as good as that bit now. You mean yeah, 
You know, and it could be a new bit. Like, but some of the bits on that new record I have not done since I did the fucking CD. I mean, that Creation Museum bit. It's I was like just eighteen minutes. Say, it's eighteen minutes. The Jew part is is fucking great. Right, I haven't done that, and it was killing. Yeah. And it was killing in a way that I was like, oh, this is a killer. Bit. Jews from the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A schmear. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they make Paul look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jews. Great, great, great bit. No, that was a great well, bit. Why don't the, I do it? What is the aversion to destroying? I have other friends who I won't name. We'd go to the Laugh Factory. This is a place that you and I just both started performing at from- uh, no, no I, that was a fluke with me I'm oh not, really not going well that there. was my first time there yeah from time to time and if you go to the laugh factory you're going to follow 10 other people that are doing a polished set and you're supposed to go up and roll with it and a lot of people that you and i know and respect uh they'll go up and they'll throw it they'll go up and bomb deliberately right is that really deliberately I, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but they they can't find it in themselves to take the momentum and run with it. Well, you can't. It's like, but the truth of the matter is, you can't take someone else's momentum, and and uh, you just can't. And, and well, that's actually funny because that's one of the first things you and I talked about was when I used to follow you at the Boston yeah. in New York, which is where we where I met right. you. I used to love following you, and I said this when we did the live. What the fuck? Right. Because I would follow this guy. <laughs> Who's up there ranting and in like insisting to be listened to? This yeah. is you insisting, and it might only be fifteen people, but you might as well have been grabbing all of them by the the shirt collars, right? And then I would go up and I'd be doing some asinine observational clean nineties. Uh, I'm not comedy. hard to follow if you're lighthearted. Yes, that's true. But the the thing it's, it's not so much that I could follow you, or or that's what I'm. That's not what I'm trying to communicate to you. What I would then do is I would use your energy. Very, mm-hmm. I would try it on. It was still on the stage when you left. Yeah. And I was like, what, what if I do my jokes? It, it worked well. Yeah. It worked well. So you're saying I, I helped build you? You created me. Ugh. Luke. Patrice was right. I am your father. Patrice used to call all, alter- all alternative comedy. They were, he saw them as somehow my children. That's he would really say funny. that to me. He's like, one of your children. I'm like, what? Ah. Uh, well, this is pre-WTF. Uh, no, no, I this, know. The I phenomenon know. of us all wanting you to like us because I remember you favored Kilstein. It was biblical. It was Jacob and Esau <laughs> shit. I uh, wanted to break. That's past. I wanted to break <laughs> Kilstein with a rock. I hated it so so much. I resented it so so much because I was looking for my bridge into Luna. Yeah. Not not deliberately, not like manipulatively, but I wanted to be a part of that scene. But I was you know chopping it out at the Boston, and then Kilstein had the balls to talk to you about it and wanted to do it. And I remember one time you were on stage and you were like talking really fast, and you were like I'm talking at Kilstein levels up here, mm-hmm. right? You referenced him, mm-hmm. and it might it was like a dagger to my heart oh, i was really? like sorry this- buddy <laughs> well, well, i don't just- really talk to kelsey anymore yeah what yeah. happened there why I, you don't have we don't have to talk about no, that no, no, I mean, you know, I, 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 yeah i don't know if it's personal but it's you know it's uh you know it's something i i gotta you know talk to him about before i talk publicly about it sure i mean you know i think he's doing great work and uh, you know what he's doing is um you know has a place i'm just i'm not sure why he uh you know sometimes people you know change Change, yeah, sure. He changed. I don't know. Maybe we both changed. Maybe. Yeah. Well, he's a vegan. You don't like vegan. Yeah, but I, I had him on a live show. <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 you know, it's. Um, but the the thing about I'm going to change the subject. Please do. 
the thing about um, you're a good host, man. You know what you're doing. We haven't blanked yeah, I, yet. I shouldn't have announced it. You keep that yeah, ball I, rolling. I, like a real good host would have just like no, moved on. man. Oh, I feel so safe in this podcast. But but jumping into somebody else's energy because I had a similar experience just recently. I went down to the Comedy Magic Club, which I'd never been to in Hermosa yep. Beach. Never been there. Nice place. It's been there for thirty years. Yeah. But I just wanted to watch some comedy. I was hanging out with my buddy Jim Short, and I hadn't seen him in a while. We need to catch up and do the car ride thing and chat. Yeah. And I just wanted to watch some comedy, but I watched you know ten comics do eight minutes, and it's exactly what you were saying they were doing you know eight you know tv eight minutes yeah and as good as some of the comics were and and as much of a fan as i was of some of them i i felt disconnected yeah you know the audience was great and they were laughing at all the jokes but yeah i'm a comic so i'm not gonna you know take the same thing from comics Mm -hmm. that an audience would necessarily but there was that detachment of killing with stuff that you just know works yes you know and i knew it on a comic level but i could appreciate people's styles and i could see where the laugh was coming but but to, oddly for me just there there is a predictability in that pattern yes there's a, a well, pattern that's what brody says he's like you should laugh at me based on cadence alone right and it's like oh my god that's true mm-hmm. once the momentum is going once the plates are spinning we can just speak in a certain way almost yeah but that bothers me yeah of course and you, it, i'm with you i want to watch the wrestle i want to watch the struggle i want well, to watch somebody but, figure but it but then out. you have to take the courage you know you have to have the courage to change the goddamn record like when you get when i get up there it took me a long time and, and probably just in the last couple of years after talking to you know certain people had a profound influence on me recently yep like Stuart lee and uh and even watching bill cosby as a grown person where it's like you're just gonna have to take the hit for as long as it takes to get them into where you want them to be to reset and yeah and if it doesn't reset then fuck it and it's not your night that's why i thought that was up your alley i've seen you go up on stage this is with comics and you'd like sit down we're talking about like it's like a 8 10 15 comics and you're closing and i hate expectation expectation is the enemy of comedy you know what i mean and you were probably feeling expectation i'm the last guy so it's probably going to be better than all the other guys and you went out and you sat down yeah. and you took your nicotine gum out and you squished it on another stool yeah. and you i watched the pan drain yeah. it had been filled with the oil of 15 comics yeah, yeah. and you went and you and you stared at all of us yeah. as if to say, I die, you die. <laughs> and then the whole thing emptied out. And, and then once the pan was empty, you, you closed it up and then you started. <laughs> and it was fucking inspiring. I love that stuff. We're not – I don't want to be one of the comics. I want to be – it, it's, maybe it's my narcissism again. I want to grab everybody in my oh, specific I'm, way. I'm telling you, the, 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 <sighs> the, uh, the years it took to actually – have the courage to drain a pan <laughs> in a real way and not just because I didn't think I could follow 15 comics yeah. is different. Yeah, sure. And But I, I'm, I'm more conscious of it. Now you're doing it because you want to do it, not because Sometimes you can't fill the pan. You know, I mean, sometimes it's the way. And it depends. Like, there's a risk to that. Because if if you do, you know, set your own stage in the middle of a show or at the end of a long show, you might not have time to actually get them back. To show up for it, you to know, to get that centrifuge going again, and, uh, and and but that's sort of a risk because I don't like the feeling of 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 following that much momentum or 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 jumping in someone else's energy. I learned that lesson very young when I had to follow Dennis Leary once when I was just starting out at Nick's 
oh, comedy yeah, in stop Boston, in yeah. Boston where Dennis had gone on and done 20 minutes of his like you know he's one of those guys that even if he didn't do well the the momentum of it was going to you know hit yeah. the audience hard yeah. so I got up there and I just thought like I'm just gonna jump right into it and do my fucking yeah. and I bombed so hard <laughs> like you, you know that feeling of bombing in front of 400 people like we're 400 people like no one is laughing it's like how is that even possible yeah not one of them yeah because they've decided they've now unified against well them. it's just like I couldn't do it it yeah. was not you know it wasn't mine to do well that that's actually I think that's the genesis of this uh, allowing the uh, pan to drain is that the times that I've had to follow Chappelle or something you can't go up while they're still applauding for him and act like it's for you and just be like so I'm Lithuanian yeah. it's not gonna work it's it, people don't realize that it's it's a hard bit of business that yeah that no matter who you are the all you can do is just you know I used to it used to crush me like I, I, well, there was a time where I would kick comics out of the room when I was working in New York. If I go on at the cellar early on, and and uh, Attell was sitting in there, and and Cohen or anybody, I'd be like, just get out. I mean, I, you know, I can't worry about you. Yeah. I can't worry about your respect or whether or not I'm yes. going to make you laugh. I have a hard enough time making regular people laugh. Yeah. You know, to worry about whether I'm not going to make David tell laugh. Right. It's just too much for me to well, bear. Well, that's how I felt when, uh, I don't know, this is weird. Maybe this is, maybe I respond differently. When I did The Laugh Factory with you and you were in the room, I changed my set. So I, I was because I wanted to do material you hadn't uh, seen. Really? Yeah. Yes, Dad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do uh, bits that I wanted to kill really hard, and it was almost like specifically uh, trying to. We've covered this. We want you to. We want you to. Like well, it. I just like for me in this town and even in New York, I just be, you be, I begin to feel like everybody's seen my shit. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't, and, and a lot of people don't give a fuck. I've seen people do the same jokes in in several different venues, which is fine. It's their act, right? But like in in a ten minute set. You know, I should be able to not do, you know, the shit that I should get up there and force myself to work on shit. Right. Like tonight I got to go to Tiger Lily and I haven't got a fucking clue. It's going to be great. (laughs) See, I think that's the difference. I do Tiger Lily too and I feel that pressure. I'm like, these are the same people. I kind of feel like my default voice goes, it's going to be great. I'm also aware that it might not be great. I also have the fear. I think your main voice might be saying... Well, this is going to be a disaster. No, I just, no, it's not even disaster. I just really don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, that's another problem with me. It's not like this is going to suck. Right. It's literally, I if I'm not going to do the jokes that I've been doing right now, you know, this is an hour out. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I and you know what's funny? And here's what how I prepared. I brought a blank piece of typing paper. I have a blank piece of typing paper and a pen because I know that I'm going to leave here, I'm going to drive over there, and I'm going to sit there with this blank piece of paper and put something on it that will drive my set in. Yes. And I don't know what that is now. That was poetry, man. That is a privilege to hear. I feel the same way. And you know what's funny about you? You're not going to write Creation Museum, even though it would destroy. I don't even know if I remember the full arc of that bit. Yeah, like you know, there are, on all of my CDs, there are bits that I only did once. <laughs> once you should listen to it. But I worked on that bit. You can listen to it, and it's like a privilege. Other people would be stealing that material, but you can steal that material from yourself, mm-hmm. and then you can do Sometimes it. Sometimes I have to do that. Yeah, and then there's like, a bit on my first album that I just I wish I could get up and running again, but that was a different person. The yeah. bit about you know being paranoid that the FBI is watching me. Yeah, and that they why would they be watching me unless they were training guys? <laughs> You know, that whole idea. It's like, what's he doing? Well, still sleeping. <laughs> it's noon. You, you know, like sh- you masturbating shatter. again. Oh, yeah. crying for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, uh, but like, I, I like, I, I listened to that recently. I'm like, that was a great bit. And I remember working really hard on that bit. And it's, after you've been doing this like 25 years, like there were these periods in my life where like I worked hard on those bits, yeah. but now I don't even remember them. Yeah. It's weird. They're gone. Four hours of shit uh, on my CDs. Four or five hours. Yeah. Five hours of recorded material. But and and the only things that like I'll use uh, again from them are usually transitions or 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 little jokes. The essence know? of the joke sticks with you, maybe a line or something. Well, they were so urgent. There were stories like it's all a big narrative of the life right now. <laughs> yeah, of, of that moment. Are you thinking about your set? No, I was just thinking about all these different bits. Like the uh, uh, like it's got to mean something, right? What all the all the uh, uh, that I have four CDs out. Is that if you don't get the painting feeling like I have a like if your heart exploded that you would have those CDs? There's no permanence. There's no Michelangelo. No, because like, uh, you know, how often do you listen to a Will Rogers album? Yeah, but when I was starting, I listened. I've probably listened to Wild and Crazy Guy 50 times. You know what I mean? I believe you did. Yeah, I still I don't. I don't. That's the only one. Steve Martin's the only guy that I can listen to. I listen like lately. I mean, I listen to Brian Regan's new album. I can't because he's a guy I'll rip him off too bad. Well, his style's too Yeah, contagious. yeah, that voice, you know, his funny voice. Yeah, the build. The big yellow one is the sun. Yeah. If I watch him, I'll do that voice. <laughs> I had to, I had to like try to I, not I was do that, that way with Bill Hicks. I can't listen to him. Really? Yeah. That's when really I was funny. younger. Because I knew better. Yeah. It's just too, too contagious. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are contagious. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can see them in other people. Of course. <laughs> in fact, when somebody... There's a, there was the Mitch Hedberg plague. Oh, there uh, was the Mitch Hedberg <laughs> plague. And before that, there was the Atel virus. The Atel virus is still going strong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw Contagious. And you know what really, really strikes me is that the people that I There's feel a, like... a mild strain of Todd Berry cold around, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. I told Joe Mandy, I was like, I think you've made it because I saw someone and I was like, who's he doing? Oh, it's Joe Mandy. He's doing Mandy. He's doing Mandy. But, uh, they're, they're... Now, did I ever tell you that story? You know that story about Jimmy Miller? No. That was the best. I, I don't know how many times I've told it, but like when I was young, uh, I was in Catch Rising Star in Boston. It must have been the late 80s, and Jimmy Miller was in town. I knew him because he, he actually saw me. He's Dennis's brother. He's a big manager. And uh, he actually saw me very early on, and you know, I knew him. He was a manager, and he was, part of a, he was part of a booking operation that booked a comedy club in New Mexico where I grew up. So I'd met him a couple of times, but he was in Boston doing something, and he came down to Catch a Rising Star. And I was with Janine Garofalo, and we were, I was driving them somewhere. We were going to go to a, a club or something. So it was, <laughs> it was me, and Jimmy's in the back, and Janine's up front. And I'm like, just seething with like, trying to figure out who I am comedically. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, yelling, at, I'm, I'm yelling at Jimmy. I'm like, your brother did it. How did he find his voice? I mean, how, do you, how does it happen? How do you just become the, the, that persona? How do you find your voice? Yeah. And Jimmy Miller just goes, he's doing Belzer. <laughs> you have to try on your influences. He's he was doing, doing Belzer. Belzer. That's yeah, hilarious. Babe, that whole, like, that's right, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, and you babe. know what's funny is Belzer's one of those guys that in the books that I've read, I don't know him, uh, they said that he got uh, uh, passed over a lot at the beginning because he would riff too much and he wouldn't. He was a, like he was, a, he was a club comic. He was a, he was a host. Well, that's the thing is I sometimes I think about uh, great comedians like Bobby Tisdale, who we both know, who's a wonderful host. But Belzer, Belzer had these weird hooks. He's like, that's right, babe. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, he definitely had a style. I don't yeah. know if they were catchphrases, but it was just his way of doing things. Right. I think he was really passed over as a comic the whole way through. Was it? But wasn't it because he couldn't uh, find that way to be like, I'm going to do my Tonight Show six minutes, and then he goes, up, "This is right." I, I, I don't know why. I, I I don't know why, but like you know, God uh, uh, bless the fact 
that as an older guy, you know, he you know got cast in a very successful drama. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't think that Belzer ever got what you know he deserved comedically. Yeah. No. I, um, you know, he was sort of at an important place at an important time. Right. And uh, was always respected, and everyone knows who he is, the Bells. But I don't know that you know that you know he got um, the respect that he deserved. Yeah. I wonder what you, you – I think I, – I don't want to anticipate how you might feel. That's me manipulating and being codependent and Alan and all that sort of stuff. You can try it. But like it seems to me that it requires some sort of alchemy. If we are good performers, if we are good uh, stand-ups, whatever it is, there needs to be some sort of alchemy to turn it into something else. I'm talking about to make it – with the industry, capital. Dude, industry. no one can understand. That's why, you know, for some reason, there's more comics than there ever, ever was. Yep. And he, he, there's no way to, to get, you know, there's no way to say, like, well, I'm going to be Brian Regan. Like, even with me, like, you know, I said, I just want to be a headliner. You know, but, like, I never, like, it was more about, like, I just want to, you know, be able to say what I want to say. I never thought about manufacturing an act or putting it together properly so it would do this or that. Right. But there's no way to make people like you. I mean, you can, you can build it, and they might not come. If there's any indication of that being true, it's comedy. I've known plenty of brilliant guys. I mean, you, you can have it all. You can be exactly who you're supposed to be, and it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. So, you know, what? why someone becomes – why did Mitch Hedberg special? that we, I take my half hour the same week he did. Really? And, uh, and, and this is not in a jealous way or anything else, but for some reason – you know, he, he just popped, you know, the kids dug it and whatever. And I was there that night and it was, you know, I've seen him many times. It was an okay set. Right. But you can't manufacture that alchemy or that lightning in a bottle that right. you're talking right, about. Right, right, right. There's no way to make that happen. It, this it, isn't music. You can't play it over and over again until people are like, I do like it. It is kind of catchy. Right. You, you know, I mean. You but it seems, it seems for me, for alchemy, for you might be the podcast or something. The, this idea that it's like, hey, well, everybody if you stay with it. You might find your place. have a hard time understanding where I fit in. I'm talking about you. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I've been here, but you guys don't seem to know where to put me. Lauren Michaels doesn't know where to put me. This guy doesn't know where to put me. And then you're like, here, let me show you. Right. Well, I don't know if they, you seem to think that that things are a lot more deliberate than they are. I mean, when I started the podcast, I was in a very low period of my life, and you know, I didn't have many options other than like, well, I don't know how to quit. So, and right. things aren't really happening with my standup in terms of making money or selling tickets. Right. So there's this option here. And when I pursued that option, knowing that I could do okay on a mic, on a radio mic, and, and, and then you know talking to people and, and be having the freedom of mind of it. But it was not an intentional thing. Thank God it happened. Because you were still I, aware. You were like, this could be nothing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this no is probably nothing. Well, I just had no expectation. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks this is going to be the thing. Yeah. You know, I've had many opportunities in my career where like, we're set up. You got the deal. We wrote the script. You know, I, I can't afford that kind of heartbreak anymore. Right now that you know, I've got a TV pilot out there. Right, right, I don't right. know what's going to happen to it. Right. But you can't help but think like, you know, maybe it'll happen. But now I've tempered my expectation to be like, well, I've never done, you know, for as long as I've been in, in stand-up, I've never done, I've never had the opportunity to do a pilot that was on television. Right. I'd like to try to be on television. Even for, for now, it's sort of like, I'd like an opportunity to do like five episodes or something. And then if they take it off, at least I did you that. You have those, you It's have like them. the one thing that, like I've never been on a, I've never had a TV show. I mean, I did, I did short attention to my theater right, right, when right. I was very young on Comedy Central. But I'd like to, now that I feel pretty comfortable with who I am and that I'm relatively in control of what I'm able to do and I understand my limitations, yep. I'd like to work with some other people and 
see if we can make it into something. Yeah. I'd like that opportunity, but I don't, uh, never do I go, oh, this is it. That's so weird. I love getting ahead of myself. It's one of my favorite things to do. When I get ahead of it myself, it's never pretty. Yeah. It's not a happy ending. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I feel like this is chemically. I feel like you as a kid were probably that way. Me as a kid, wake you up in the middle of the night, you're that way. Wake me up in the middle of the night, I'm, I'm probably that way where I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a movie idea and already I'm at the premiere. You know what I mean? Well, like, I don't, like, uh, I don't, like, it's weird. Like, I understand that. And, and I think there was a different point in my life where I may have been that way. But, like, if I have a movie idea, where I'm at in my head is, oh, yeah, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> that's as far down the path as i get it's like i'm gonna write this <laughs> i'm thinking if i think of a title for a movie i think of a title for the sequel <laughs> yeah I, I, I picture myself in the part that i've written for myself yeah i picture a few scenes yeah and then i think about writing it and then it just dissipates oh geez that's okay i want to talk about girls too man all right you how are you doing? I'm fine. I just you have to go have to, to Tiger Lily. Yeah, Tiger I, I Lily. I'm going to Tiger Lily too. You are? You won't be. I'm just going to hang out. Uh. I got nothing to do, man. Uh. What do you do with your life? I got a girl. Yeah. That, well, that's, see, okay, there it is. A relationship should be there to magnify things, right? Make your life better. All the things that are good should be better, correct? What happened to that chick you were with? Which one? I don't know. The newest one. But I know you weren't at a party with her. The last party I was at with you, you weren't with the girl that I met you with the before. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I we broke up uh, about nine, ten months ago. Uh. Yeah, so this is the longest I've ever uh, ever been single. And I don't say that. Uh, that sounds like, oh, I'm always fucking. It's actually quite the opposite. It's like I am a, uh, a constant monogamous. It's probably good, though. Monogamous? It's good that you're not with somebody. Yeah. It seems like you're, you're making leaps and strides without having someone to be sort of a, a, a pain sponge for you. Yes. 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 To help me shut off or not deal with things. I'd like to give uh, Jim Earl full credit on the pain sponge pain idea. Sponge. That's a Jim Earlism. He deserves all the credit. It's absolutely true. And I recently realized just how uh, that voice in my head was demanding that because I was talking to somebody. She was in a horrible relationship, just a just a deadbeat, horrible, dead-end relationship. I was like, you got to get out of it. And she's like, it's too lonely. I was like, don't fucking, you don't need that shit. And I was talking to myself. The thing that I was getting mad at her, yeah. well, I was actually just saying exactly, yeah. it's advice from a coward. Yeah. I'm being like... End it. It's so much better to be on your own and know that you're not with the wrong person. Uh, being alone is better than knowing you're with the wrong person. I would say that. I guess. Maybe you should get out and fuck more. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I'm not a, I'm not a fuck person. Mm. See, when you're telling that story, right, and you're like, hey, meet me in uh, Portland and I'm going to fuck you. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then you do it and then it ends badly. I'm wearing a sweater around my shoulders and I have a golden retriever at my lap. And I'm just like, that's what you get. Uh, that's what you get. And then really? I pack a pipe and I sit by but the But I did fuck. Yeah, you did fuck. Mm, that was good. Yeah, I bet it was. Mm, I so bet it was. You and your sweater. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I'm getting laid. You're sitting there with a dog. I'm frantically <laughs> masturbating under the sweater. Oh, you're yeah. masturbating. Oh, frantically. Oh, so, frantically. so your, your condescension means nothing. Yeah. Well, you're no, just, it's you're, almost you're like. You're just a, a sad man that's got no game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I'm not here to purport that I have game. No, I have. No, I know, but I have you are taking. You, you do. You do tend to take a a 
a higher ground sometimes. Well, that's the religious stuff. Well, you maybe if you're uh, over that, maybe you should eradicate it from your fucking disposition. I'm trying to. All it's right. hard the things that get into your brain before, before it's yeah, fully well, okay, formed. Yeah, okay, so you've taken responsibility I'm for working, it. Oh, it. yeah, I own it, yeah. I, I, I envy, when I hear about my friends being carnal and just being men, mm. like I have a joke about it. Uh, you can do uh, your jokes now? Yeah, I'm going to okay. do a bit. Can we, Katie, can you cue that up? Okay. It's we, when Is we it were on the board, album with the goofy cover? Nope. Okay. It's going to be on my sophomore album where people really? are going to go, Maybe oh. you should bring the dog onto the cover on that one. And, and you just, should just call it Johnny 32 and oh, his lab. Jesus. And all of your quotes about me are going to be on the back. Johnny 32 and his lab. Uh, now be the, uh, the name of the album. And under that, it'll say Peter Holmes. Ah, you're doing very well, Peter. Yeah. One of the quotes. And yeah. it's attributed to me. Yeah. Yeah, well, this right. is the thing. We were in Portland, and we were going to go to a strip club because you have to. Yeah, so I don't do that. And I had never been to a strip club mm. because I grew up, uh, you know, Christian. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go. And we went, and it was all comics. The whole strip club was filled with comics. And I sat there watching my friend. This isn't the bit. This is just a story. I was watching mm. my friends have no problem. I'm sitting next to Mike Bridenstine and he is just making eye con- brown eye contact. He's staring at a girl's asshole and he's just being like, I love a girl's asshole too, but I can't let him know that I'm in. Enjoy- he was just like, mm, yeah, what I wouldn't. Oh, I'd fuck yeah, no, I, shit. I, I don't. I, I'm, to, I don't like that strip club bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, but I, part of me envies that. That seems in the. That seems adjacent to the guy. That's that not can what also- you should be envying. Unless you want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I would. I would. Envy people that actually get laid. Yes, I do. Okay. I do envy that. And I. I, I have and a- if you really want to try to indulge yourself in the strip club thing, go by yourself. No, I don't. I, ah, you're right. I don't. I don't think I'll ever be a strip club guy. You should go by yourself sometime. Just give it a whirl. Yeah. You know what my problem is? I want to relate to the strippers. I want to talk to them. This yeah, is what too. always ends up but happening. If they're good, they'll bullshit you and you'll walk out thinking you've met the love of your life. That sounds pretty good. I would get, I'm like I'd a, love it if you got involved with a stripper. That would be the best thing you could do. Right? That would be the beginning of the humbling. The, the beginning of the humbling. My second album. Is that you get duped by some crazy yes, bitch. Yes. So you think you can change. This sounds good. This sounds good. And you just get sucked into this like vortex of shit that you couldn't even imagine. And the humbling. And you has can't begun. get out. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like, all that goofiness is tempered with this strange anger because, because you don't really understand your heart. Yes. And, and now all of a sudden it's like, my heart is something that surprises me. And now look at me. I can't eat the candy as confidently. I can't ah! milk these bits. <laughs> I can't do the bit I'm fucking for 30, as long. 33 years old, and I didn't realize that my heart was a stranger to me until this yeah. crazy person you know- opened it. <laughs> You know what's weird about that bit? In the candy bit, one of the things that no, I... We don't have to go back to that. No, no, no. I, but it, I like it, the candy It bit. relates to this. I say, to be a grown-up thing, uh-huh. I go, angels and whores, man. Right? That's in the bit. I, I just say it while I'm eating Fun Dip. The joke is that that's like, you know, a contrast. But that's actually something I think about all the time. I do want a stripper girlfriend. Part of me does want a stripper I know, but see, all girlfriend. this is like this weird intellectual construct to you. You know, your arrogance is that you think things through. You're an intelligent guy. You've got this weird kind of, um, you know, slightly, uh, you, you claim distance from this moral universe you were brought up in, but it still informs everything you fucking do. Yeah, right. I know. And, and that you're not free from it. So, so you know, the, the arrogance of, of intellectually understanding this carnal thing that you refer to in that way, who the hell uses the word carnal, is 
is is is is a little bit of an Achilles heel for you. Absolutely. I've I've said many times I, I almost And I, I like that you say that you've said. Go ahead. I, to my therapist. Mm-hmm. I've been like I almost wish that there was some sort of hippie camp where they could just deprogram me and just what? be like free love and let's eat some hemp brownies or no, whatever. No, but I mean whatever but the, you know, the way you like. quote yourself, Eddie Pepitone called me out that out on that once and I never will do it again. What? I actually said uh, you know, we me and Eddie were having a conversation on an airplane and uh he brought something up and I said, You know, I have said <laughs> And he couldn't. And he couldn't. I say that all the time. I know, it's horrible. I almost. I think I said it earlier. Yeah. I, I, expectations, the enemy of comedy. It's one of my quotes. It's yeah. one of my little yeah. things. Well, you know. But angels and horrors. Right. This is something that people that I talk grew about up girls? with. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Angels and horrors, man. Yeah, I've never been a horror guy, and and like quite honestly, I'm probably more like you in that. Do you put them on a pedestal? Yeah, definitely. I protect I def- them. Uh, cherish them. Yeah, but I'm also incredibly emotionally abusive. Yeah. So, like, you know, like I'll put them up on the pedestal and then I'll push them off it. And then I'll go, well, why don't you get, you can get back up there now or what? So, because you're our angry comedy dad and you're their angry relationship dad. I don't know what it is, but it's all changing a bit. Is that, look, (laughs) you can work the fucking mathematics of what you think you understand about emotions and your brain all you want. But, you know, at some point, Either you're going to surrender to the fact that this is what love looks like for me, and either I'm going to work within it, I'm going to try to do the best I can in it and honor the feeling, or I'm going to deny myself it. And it, you can deny yourself love. So, you know, however you do that, you know, it, with you, it's the, you know, this constant blathering and explaining, you know, is really a wall of insulation against, you know, really putting your heart into something other sure. than comedy. So. You know, at some point, you know, something will chip that away. Yeah. And, you know, it'll probably be kind of scary and weird. And I'm not psychoanalyzing you. I just know that, you know, once the wall of anger was broken and I no longer had the energy to be emotionally abusive in order to know that someone likes me. Yeah. Um, you know, something else happens. Yeah. That a lot of people function in this world. Uh, you know, they have responsibilities. They have children. They are able to deal with those responsibilities. Like people like us, and I'm going to lump you into this, are so self-involved that even to me at my age, the idea of a child causes me panic because I don't know how that the people do that. Mm. You, you know, how do you do that? Where do you buy things? Who's going to take care of putting the things on top of the crib that twirl around? You know, like, what am I going to, you know, like, what what, what happens when I, I don't understand why they're making that noise? You know, like, that's where, you know, that's how my brain works. And really, the thought should be like, it'd be wonderful to have a child. Cause then yes. I can, yeah, but, 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 but I don't, I don't work that way. So, like, in terms of uh, what was I getting at is that. You, you can't over-intellectualize emotions. Sometimes it, it is just what it is. Yeah. You can pathologize it all you want and say, well, that was fucked up. This is fucked up. This is how I'm fucked up. Well, you can only unfuck yourself so much. Yeah. And if you're thinking that there's going to be a day where you're completely unfucked and then the right girl will show up and, and, and you're both going to have this unfucked relationship, it's ridiculous because you're, you're, you're fucked up, Pete. Yes! And I, and I'm fucked up, and, and on some level, there's 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 yes. there's, there's only and I'm 48, and I'm and I'm going to tell you right now, you know, maybe with constant vigilance directed at self awareness, that is true, but that you know that your self awareness is astute, but you're willing to take the risks necessary to grow through uh, you know vigilantly not engaging in the fear yeah. that you might grow a bit, yeah, but you're still going to be fucked. I agree. I love see. I love your awareness of the we're fuckedness. I like that a lot. 
You just have to really sort of look at the thing like, how much is this going to kill me? And a lot of times you're going to be wrong. That's why you're different than guys who like, you know, brokenhearted motherfuckers that, that, that you, you know, end up, you know, three marriages in, believing the same shit over and over again, taking the same leap, you know, completely investing in people that are going to hurt them because, and then taking responsibility for their side of that, like, well, I was an asshole too, but never quite getting it right. They're just those people that, that tumble through life, man. And some people don't. Some people are, you know, have at least enough stop of their shit together. Let's stop and learn or just, you know, suck it up. Figure it out. Suck it up. Suck it up. Quit being a dick. Stop being a dick. Stop making it about you all the time. And realize that's what love looks Feed like. Feed your kid. You. And that, yeah. Well, it's funny. I, when I talked to, I had a conversation with Janine where she was like, I'd never want to have kids because the pain of the kid dying would be too sad if that ever happened. And I was like, that's like, that's like, uh, that's dread. That's like what you're saying times a million. And I, yeah. and I wish I, I, I wish I had articulated because I was like, we can't be living like that. We could all explode right now. We have to take no, these. No, but the, but the bottom line is, is like, yeah, of course that could happen. Yeah. But it could happen to anybody. Yeah. You know, they, I, I mean, like, there's, there, that's surrendering to fear. Right. That's and, what and, it is. That's what it was. And, 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 and she may not want to have kids for whatever reason. I'm not judging Janine, but, you know, like, I, I would like to have kids, but I'm, I'm a fairly panicky, anxious guy. Yeah. But eventually, with whatever situation you're living in your life, there will come a time where it's not going to be about you and you're not going to have a choice. And at that moment, you will get a fucking taste of a, your, your own fucking ass. <laughs> and you'll realize, like, thank God I, you handed me my ass. Because, you know, if you hadn't, I would have kept going in life this exact same way without any uh, humility yes. whatsoever. Yes. And some people just man up, dude. Sometimes you just got to man the fuck up. Yeah. As opposed to be like, well, let's talk about it a little bit. Right. You know, no, maybe there's a way around this. Right. You know, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I can somehow make this all about me and I won't have to man up to whatever And, I, and isolate. Like. I actually think you're right that that is kind of isolating the, the ability to talk endlessly about different things and keeping people out and staying the only real relationship I'm in is with comedy. Yeah, go get, you know, I don't know, go get your heart broken or something. I've had my heart broken. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Well, my wife left me. Yeah, I know, but you don't see that fucking work. Yeah. I don't have the dark angels in the eyes. Uh, no, I mean, but, but, okay, so your wife left you. I mean, you know, was it finished or did you see it coming? But wasn't this a horribly abusive relationship? No, no, no. Was it? No, no, no. Oh. It, it, it was, it was a, like, I can't believe that I uh, ever got married at that time just because we're talking about uh, that Alan Ani thing. I definitely tried to control her and control how she felt. And it was probably very unpleasant for her to be in the relationship, even though I was being a very, very nice guy and doing everything right. Oh, yeah. She probably just got drained. Yeah, I think she was drained. Yeah. And I and you know what's weird in that Bob Dylan sort of blood on the tracks way I do respect her for getting out that that's we don't have to get into that too well deep. as I have often said that uh, <laughs> when you're an asshole and someone leaves you part of you thinks good for her yes I've been trying to leave me for years yes <laughs> I think I told you that I saw you do that bit once and yeah. I was like yeah man yeah fucking yeah you right. get it thanks for helping out as so, I thought was oh the yeah, line. yeah 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 you go hey yeah. thanks for helping thanks, out thanks thanks for helping out yeah that's yeah. Right. yeah yeah we yeah. have one last topic. Uh, How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. I want to make sure I don't forget anything. Oh, we didn't really talk about that your girlfriend was... was uh, well, we didn't. Oh, no, let's talk about that because, like, you know, after all that stalker bullshit, the truth of the matter is, is that she... No, we had a tremendous... We were fighting constantly, and it got scary, and it got weird, and we broke up, and, and you know, I didn't talk to her at all. Yeah. 
but I still had these weird feelings and, you know, deep feelings. And I cared about her and I was not familiar with that in a way. Like there's a difference between trying to control something and actually caring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we regrouped and we started to have, you know, to, to sort of work it out. You know, I have my own, she's much younger than me, but I, I really love her. And, you know, we went through fucking hell. And, you know, I mean, there was you know, police involved. It got crazy. You know, you know, locks had to be changed. And, you know, I completely freaked out. And now we're back together. Who's and Who's changing the locks? Me. Your locks because she was coming in? No, because, like, I didn't know how to have boundaries. So I overreacted. And I just, like, it was like, get out. And that's it. Right. And uh, Do you let people – I let people in way too no, quickly. No, I do too. And, and But now, like, you know, like, uh, we're not yelling as much anymore. We're not fighting as much anymore. I'm still scared. But, you know, people you, – you know, everybody's a little crazy. And, and people do change. Yeah. You, you know, and, and people – like, not in a dramatic way. And I'm not saying that I expect her to change. But the weird thing is, it's like a lot of the women I, I've went out with or dated or married in my life, you know, whatever kind of chaos they were in in their mid-20s, you know, a lot of people fucking – you know, they hit 29, 30, and they, they just – they're different people. Level out. Well, level out. But like, you know, I think a lot of us don't realize that, you know, from 20 to 30, I mean, that might as well be your adolescence. You might as well be going through puberty again. You don't know how the fuck you're going to come out of your 20s. Well, yeah, that, that, that's one of the things. You're, one of the weird things is that your girlfriend is much younger. How old is she? 28. 28. 29. Oh, that's not as bad. I thought maybe she was. She looks quite young. It's 20 years, dude. Yeah, that's still pretty – yeah, that's pretty young. I mean like oh, – But it's not like where I can't see what you guys would talk about. Like she wants to talk about like fucking – I'm emotionally 10. Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, you're catching up to her. No, she's very bright and she's – you know, she works with autistic children. And, well, Seinfeld and, says the, the number <laughs> – Seinfeld's been known to say yeah. the number of years in comedy is how mature you are. So you've been doing comedy – 25 years. So you guys more. are the same age. Yeah. <laughs> but emotions are different, you know, and it's like, it's weird. It's not that weird. But she was a fan. That's what's interesting to me. Yeah. She reached out to you, and mm. this led to a relationship. I met her once. She's a fan of comedy. She's a fan of a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Does she listen to this one? Not yet. She will now. Maybe. She'll definitely listen to this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But like, it's just like, but I feel like an asshole getting back to what we were saying, because a lot of the stuff I, I characterize on stage now, it's different. Yeah. yeah. It's different. And I overreacted. Yeah. But I went through it and I needed to share that. Yeah. How but, do you manage if you, if we're both boundaryless people like Todd Berry's bit, if we don't have boundaries, how do you establish them? It always seems fake. If I'm like, I just need some time and a girl's like, I'm cool with that. I'm like, you're faking. I'm yeah. more boundaryless. Like I'm a boundary breaking person. Oh, you break their boundaries. Yeah. And like in the sense that I'm pervasive. Yeah. That's how my boundaries work. I don't let everybody in. You know, uh, I, I, you know, my father you know, is, is a mark. You know, he's a sucker. And, you know, I know that I have a heart that's pretty open and that can be taken advantage of. So, you know, it's been a while since, you know, I know when I'm like, this is not, you know, and, and even in relationships, even like that's what happened with this one is like, I'm scared. Yeah. And in most of the time, if I feel that I'm like, you know, I don't have to get, invest too much here. I don't have to have expectations out of this thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay in most cases, not this particular relationship, in, in creating boundaries to keep people out. Oh. But, but my thing is, is like I'm boundaryless and like I'm going to push my being into you. Really? Well, yeah. I That's mean, when, I, when I take shots at you, I'm, I'm pushing your into me, your boundaries. Yeah, I'm yeah, literally, yeah. You, know, you know, fucking you with my essence. Let this be what the podcast is right now. Why don't you change it? <laughs> change the title. You with, uh, welcome back to Essence Fuck yeah, yeah. with uh, Pete and Mark. Uh, well, that thank you for sharing about that. I'm interested in uh, relationships and sex and all that sort of stuff. But you're a fuck guy, you, or you were a fuck guy. You always talk about being well-sexed. 
Yeah, no, I've, I've had a lot of sex. I don't know. I guess that is my religious bullshit, but like the idea where it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm overthinking. I remember when I was first divorced and I wanted to have sex because it's a need. It's a real need. And it had been a long time for old, yeah. old Petey. Yeah. And I said to somebody, I said, is there a meal involved? Yeah. <laughs> like I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. I was 28 and I had only slept with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? It's not for everybody, you know? Having a lot of dirty sex with a lot of different people, it's not for everybody. You know, I, I mean, like... See, yeah. Having a lot of dirty sex with a lot of people is not for everybody. It's not. Said point blank. No, it's a lot of things to worry about. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, you, you know, when you... And also, but it's I'm very compulsive. And, you know, my needs obviously, you know, needed to be met. Yeah. So, you know, being adaptive, I figured out how to do that. I think I have that thing with a woman where I'm like, they need to be protected. Like having sex with them is some sort of taking advantage of them and, and uh, stripping them of something. That religious sort of idea. See, with me, like if I feel juice, like, you know, with a woman, like yeah. I'm like, oh, this is like I'm you know very sensitive to like, whoa, there's juice here. Yeah. You know, let's 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 juice this. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Let's juice yeah. this. Let's let's exchange juices. God, so many catchphrases. I love that. I could talk about this endlessly, but I, I you know, in, in interest of the podcast not going f- super forever, I do like to talk about God. We talked about God at the party the other night. Yeah, and you're and I, you have a wonderful line on your album where you say uh, uh, you not, don't believe in God, but you're not an atheist. Right. Something like that. Am I saying it wrong? No, I said that it, it's it's not that I don't believe in God. It's that I don't give a shit one way or the other. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because you're a, you talk about fear of death. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Because if I if you could tell me with a de- completely 100% that when we're dead, it's over, I wouldn't be afraid of death at all. Because there, uh, TJ Miller uh, has the, used to tell me this wonderful quote. I think I wrote it down. Mm. It's Epicurus, Epicurus. Epicurus. Yeah. He said, How, why would I fear death? I'm paraphrasing. When I am, death is not. When death is, I am not. Uh, wouldn't that just be the ultimate comfort? Yeah, I mean, there's a million ways you can frame it. But the truth of the matter is, who the fuck knows what happens? And there's a real good chance that nothing happens other than you are not. <laughs> right. And like personally, you know, I don't really want to not be. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, you know, it's a big leap, but you know, the best thing that can happen is it happens quickly. And I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> a, I don't actively, uh, you, Such you know, a heavy I, thing to say ca- casually. The best thing is it goes quickly. Well, I'm afraid <laughs> yeah. of, I'm more afraid of decay than I am of death. I'm more afraid of like, you know, I don't, I don't get that uncomfortable thinking about death cause I don't do it. I just don't think about it. Yeah. But the thought of like an organ going bad or, you know, like getting cancer and these are all highly likely. Um, you know, or when people talk about kidneys or I see something in a movie where there's surgery involved, it's like horrifying to me. Yeah. The, the, the vessel, um, malfunctioning. Yeah. 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 And that stuff makes me squirrely as fuck. Yeah. Uh, but like the actual dying thing, like I think about it more, I'm like in a midlife sort of situation where I lay in bed and like, I just hear my breathing and I look in the room and I'm very present and I'm like, this is the moment. This is it. This is all there is. And, 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 and it's like, but this is better than the other thing that I don't know about. You mean death? Yeah. Yeah. What's I, this got to do with God? Well, the idea that God is waiting on the other side. No, to, I don't to... fucking ever think about that. And, and the thing is, is like, you know, if it's a choice between religion and denial, I'll take denial. Denial of what? The fear of death. Oh, I, I can see. actively deny 
yeah, my they, fear. That you're afraid. And I can intellectually put it in any perspective I want, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if it's serving the same purpose without all the elaborate bullshit. This this will be right up your alley, basically, how you've been cutting cutting right into me, which is the idea that one of the things that terrified me as a kid about dying and God judging, there, there being some I'd sort of I'd never think about judgment, that, ever. Or even if it's just an afterlife, just some sort of other consciousness God, I thing. God, yeah. But what I what, you, what I used to think as a kid, I was like, and I have to find out alone. I'd die and I'd be there alone. Literally, if you were like, you'll be there and one of your friends will be there and then you'll find out and you can talk about it and make jokes about it and be like, look at this afterlife. It's real. If you're, look, there's a floating clock. Uh. I think it's something we all do alone unless you're in some sort of collective disaster. But I mean – it's something you're going to do alone no matter what. But yeah. you're saying that the afterlife alone is just too much. But you, the idea of you're, like you're walking. literally like, you know, like, who am I going to call to run errands with me after I die? Exactly. Mm. It goes back to the errand. Yeah. When you say I call people to go on errands with me, that's the errand I want someone to go on with me. Yeah. Death. Let's do it, Mark. Are we doing a suicide pact right a now? That yeah, that's, that's how the show ends. And we both kill ourselves? Every show ends with death. You know, it's, you know it's here, here's where, what we have in common. That would be a spectacular ending to this podcast. But the only problem is we wouldn't know how popular it was. <laughs> we wouldn't get the satisfaction of knowing how many people downloaded it. And that's, yeah. that's what we share. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because like, there'd be no way for us to know. I wouldn't see the at replies. Yeah. Pete Holmes' yeah. suicide was hilarious. That's the best ending ever. Oh, God. Mark, thank you uh, so much for doing this, man. I sincerely enjoy it. I was nervous, and I think it went very well. Yes, it was great, Pete. It was great to talk to you. I'm and grateful. you're doing fine, Peter. You know what's funny? Is that that party where we had the argument at the end? Yeah. You looked at me and went, you're doing all right. And I was like, fucking A, Mark. You're heart of gold. You have a secret heart of gold, and I've seen it. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. Every show, I, I would put money on this. Every show, the guest says, keep it crispy, but you don't have to. I, would, I wonder if you do, if you will. What does that mean? Keep it crispy is uh, just this retarded thing that I do. It's very lame. It started just as a, as a way to something on, 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 uh, fi- on Twitter to be like a great way to keep it crisp. Not feeling uh, good today? Sink 30 uh, free pointers, uh, and that's a great way to keep it crispy. Just kind of like keep things right, happy. Pete, Pete, keep it crispy. You can also say, and go fuck yourself. Now you're pushing it. I can't believe you said it. I can't believe you said it. Mark Barron said, keep it crispy. You said it. I would have bet a hundred grand that you weren't going to say it. Well, now I don't. I want to take it back because you're being you all fucking can't. Pete Holmesy about you it. You can't. You're it being exists. A, a Holmesy in reaction. It's I'm like so he grateful. did it. Now I'm going to milk it. And, I'm going to milk it forever. And, and, How many times can I rejoice and have it be a good podcast? That that many times. You know what? I I don't want it crispy anymore. I've I've now reneged. Even better. I don't want it crispy. <laughs> I, I, you know, and generally I like it crispy, but now I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to take it just cooked, just, just, just cooked just enough. Cooked through, but yeah. not crispy. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks, Sincerely. Buddy. Thank you. Now leaving nerdist.com. dot <laughs>